explain to the people what friend request is. Fucking friend request, dude. Like it's <laughs> a movie about a <laughs> dumb, request, a dumb dude. fucking <laughs> look. This dumb fucking clam doesn't invite a fucking other dumb fucking goth clam to her fucking clam party, and she gets really fucking upset, and the goth clam puts a curse on her. And kills herself. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, so she killed like, herself." Sounds and like then, Little Mermaid. <laughs> but like the bad part, the like this, the horror part is that she's losing her friends on it's Facebook. Just like, and it shows a counter in the side. There's like, like literally a <laughs> counter, and like the you know in every horror trailer they have that one thing that's it's that moment, and the music goes ding, and it's supposed to show you like, oh, what a terrifying thing to happen. In this trailer, the terrifying thing was that her friend numbers went from 522 to like. 519. <laughs> like, it was like, and it's like, look how horrible. Counting down. And oh. it was like, and then, oh, no. and they're also making if you a horror. Unfriend me on the internet, then you unfriend me in real life. <laughs> how dare you not invite me? <laughs> and like, you didn't invite me on Farmville or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do they have to accept the friend request and then they get bombarded? Well, you see, though, that's shit. a twist, right? Like, check it out. <laughs> Dude, that, I don't know what the Energy. fuck is. Like, I'm friend request crush. doesn't even make sense for that movie. It doesn't, that, that title, I don't, I don't even know if that's really the title. Is that your favorite? You are George Pope. Meet Pennywise. Fear. Children, have you ever met the bogeyman before? No. They're also coming out with a horror version of Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's a slutty girl. Remember we called oh, yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, Dad was like, oh, Happy this looks day, super right? original. I was like, does? Does? This is uh, this is horror. Yeah, basically, this is a horror groundhog. This is a horror groundhog day. She's all not even horror. She leans over to me. It's spooky groundhog. Spooky groundhog. She leans over to me. She goes, "What's Groundhog's Day?" I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" And someone's like, "Shh." So you shut the fuck up. She doesn't know Groundhog Day. He's like. You know Groundhog's Day? <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Adney was there. It happened. This whole fucking story is real. But yes, it's Anyways, spooky, it's spooky Groundhog's Day. Welcome to the alcohol, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Adney Barreno. You are? Steven Borghese. Joined always by Danny. And you've <laughs> 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 been with us in our hearts and whatever. Anyways, Danny's and back. Say hello to the people, Danny. Hi. And we got a, a brand new guest, never been on a cops before, never heard his voice on any podcast. I don't even before. listen to We've podcast. had his brother yeah, and give a friend. We know that. <laughs> We've had his brother on for a second, but give him a drum roll. He's better than his brother. It is David, David Lee. David Lee. Dave. What's up, guys? David fucking Lee. Uh, and we're, today we're here talking about it, which is Dave's a huge fucking Talk horror. about it. She's a horror. He, Dave's a horror buff. He's fucking grew up on horror. Fucking He's a huge nerd who loves horror. Showed and, me a bunch uh, of horror movies actually. Dead Alive, like I wouldn't have saw so that if it wasn't good. fucking for you. Peter Jackson, man, just Ooh. as obsessed with fucking Evil Dead. Yeah, he's a horror. Uh, Army of Darkness, everything, and he's the one friend I go to that I'm like, dude, Dave, did you fucking see this? He's been telling this us is... to watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead for like four years, and yeah. no one, none of us have tried. Yeah, I, you guys can have my stars login and sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally a giving you my fucking stars like You're the only. Wraps its intestines around Ash and pulls him up his asshole. And he's running around with a dead body <laughs> on his head through the ass. <laughs> so You're the only person. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now you sold me. Now I'm sold. That took, it took you one. Only yeah. person in history says, "Why don't you guys just get my stars account?" And then you could fucking watch like, <laughs> who the fuck? Amazon Prime. Yeah. All right, 
Hulu and Netflix. Sometimes I didn't know CISO, but nobody ever says, "Oh, you could just get my Stars account and you can watch this, I know the stars movies on streaming. Stars." <laughs> But can I have that it's the Shasta Cola of streaming. Sam's <laughs> <laughs> Club. You mean that that Netflix that, or that network that's like thirty five cents? So let's like let's get into the actual movie. Um, it was fucking great. Yeah, like fucking let's, let's get that out of the way. We I fucking loved it. I was joyful the entire like, dude. I was giggling. I was seriously. Oh, man, I mean, every I little thing. Excited. I can't even. I can't even tell. Like you. because the whole opening sequence, dude, so good. Brilliant. Let's talk about the fact that okay, so we all grew up on the fucking the original made for TV movie. It was a little mini series. Yeah, it came out in 1990, starring Tim Curry as Pennywise, the dancing clown. And we were so like, ah, no one's gonna do better than Tim. And Curry. here's the he thing, a great job. He was so good that he's the reason why most of our generation is afraid of clowns. The reason why assholes dressed up as clowns, clowns for a while there and were scaring people. The reason why people got scared in the first place is because they grew up on that version of Stephen King's It. Yeah. Of Tim Curry being fucking... Im- and it's what's funny. Have you, have you guys watched it recently? Yeah. yeah I watched it it's twice recently. It's so bad. It is bad. It is bad. It's, so, <laughs> it's so fun. It's fun. Like, everyone was like, it's not going to be... Like, you got those movie hipsters. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's always a movie hipster who, who goes... Never gonna be as good as the first. The first is always the best. Yeah, I live my life, Andy. I know. <laughs> like and all that fucking bullshit. Hey, it's good for its time, but it's not good. Yeah, like if you watch it now and you're just like, with well, a way, like as an adult watching that movie, like Tim Curry is still charming oh, as fuck. Dude, he's fun. That's yeah. what I was afraid of. I was afraid this wasn't gonna be a fun delivery of Pennywise, and uh, we'll get to that. But yes, that's that's what Tim Curry kind of yeah. set the bar because he made it. So much fun! It's he's this the is only fun Freddy... parts of the movie. The original movie, like, and then the fuck, the original movie has John Ritter in it, and he's not even Richie. <laughs> Tim, like the like Tim Curry was de- absolutely the like the star, and he stole the show of the original. And it's like a four hour fucking movie. It's on two VHS tapes. Two VHS. Back? It was on that big box. It was in a big giant box with a bunch of VHS tapes in it for the kids who don't understand. A VHS tape was like the size of like a brick. And there was two bricks in a box, and that's how you watch the original It movie. Yeah, a VHS is not an SCD from the '90s. Please know that it's <laughs> was something that we all did. Be but kind, rewind. You had and like you didn't rewind the fucking movie, bro. <laughs> it's gonna take me like yeah. four minutes. You had to rewind it. Like you don't have to do that nowadays. Blockbuster used to charge you for that shit. You had to push. You had to press machine. stop on a on a machine and then press the rewind button and wait twenty minutes. Rewind it ten seconds real quick, bro. That was a good scene. Like, like, <laughs> And the tape got worn out. <laughs> no, my oh, dude, you wanted like a minute and a half, bro. Fast forward a little bit. If you want to know, learn about VHS, is watch Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black and Most Def. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Uh, good fucking call. Yeah, I agree. My brother used to work at a Blockbuster, and they had specific rewind machines. Yeah. I had one, yeah, too. Yeah. Speed yeah. 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 Just, the Speed Rewinders. Yeah. The Speed Rewinders. Yeah. And his mom had one. All they did was rewind VHS yeah. tapes, and they were expensive as fuck. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> and if you, let, and that's about, like, if you let it stop, if you let it rewind until it like it forced it to stop, you could potentially fuck up a little film thing, and it, it would break off, yep. and you'd have to tape it back. Dude, old school shit. I can see someone like inventing it, like fucking dude. We're gonna corner the market, all right? <laughs> we're gonna do this forever. We're gonna be rich forever, dude. These things are always gonna be needed. I remember having <laughs> a fucking. I remember having dude. <laughs> what do you mean DVD? What the fuck is DVD? What the a fuck disc? is this? A, a disco break, bro. A disco disc. Dude, look at this. <laughs> look at these tapes. Solid, dude. <laughs> yeah, a laser disc. Those things were like the size of fucking plates. They were enormous. <laughs> Kids don't know about that. Giant DVD. You don't have a giant DVD player? 
<laughs> we had so many. We like we had to have so many VHS tapes to watch movies that you could actually. I played with them like they were blocks. Yep. Dude, Braveheart, <laughs> Titanic, all those three and a half hour long movies had to go on two tapes. Dude, and it was one of them. And that's the reason yep. we're fucking mentioning the two tapes. But, and back to the Crazy. back to the actual fucking movie. Uh, obviously, like we said, Tim Curry is still charming. Uh, it's much more funny than creepy when you watch it as an adult. But most important, like the kid actors are horrendous. Oh, yeah. no, Pretty the bad. character development is really bad in that movie. Yeah, the the really it's true. like it's such bad acting and like the corniest lines, and they take out some of the best stuff that's in like the when they do the remake and they get mm-hmm. more in more depth about each of the characters, like what's traumatized them and what their fear is. Yeah. Like, it's so much more detailed, but in the original one, it's very vague, especially with Beverly, because they didn't want to talk about that type of shit yeah. yep. on PBS. But it, it was it was so... Like, Seth Green is in it, yeah. and he yeah. plays Richie, <laughs> yep, yep. and he's <laughs> never funny in it. Like, Richie is supposed to be the funny kid, and he's never funny. Yeah. It's funny to them. This is the 1950s. What the fuck do you know? Because <laughs> he grows up to be a comedian. I know, and he's like, he's like, yeah. a, no, he grows up to be fucking carrot top, basically. <laughs> like, no joke, rewatch it. He's a fucking prop comic. Like, it's Ugh, it's so terrible. Bad. He's a horrible '80s comic. Prop comics are always gonna be around, man. It's like, no, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> no, carrot top destroyed your fucking genre. <laughs> but yeah, they they do fuck up the kids a lot in the in the miniseries. Going back and rewatching, actually, like it's one of the oldest horror films I can remember watching. I think Freddy Krueger is right up there with it. Now that, that was the point I was gonna actually get to is uh, the reason that we like. Pennywise fucking with the kids and being fun and like joyful when he does it is because it reminds us of Freddy Krueger. Like I think Stephen King took a little bit from Freddy Krueger. If you if you think about what Freddy Krueger does, comes at you when you're sleeping. It's he can create Wait, anything. When was, when was when did Freddy Krueger was before this? Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. was 1984. Uh, he wrote the book in 1986. Oh. yeah. So it was right before it. And if you think about what Freddy Krueger does. And that's an he says original bitch a lot. horror character. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> and um, keep running, bitch. So he's fun. He's like makes puns and fucking stupid jokes. He's the king of one-liners. Yeah, yeah. He makes a yeah. lot of rape jokes. It's great. And now before that, most of our villains were almost retarded. Like they don't speak. A lot of them, they're not really like Jason Voorhees before him. Yeah, yeah, when did exactly. Chucky come out? In the 90s, I believe. Yeah. I think Chucky came out in the 90s. Because it was always him, because, yeah, Jason doesn't talk, or neither does Michael. Yeah, and Michael Myers. A lot of killers are, like, silent, yeah. meant to be nothing but terrifying. There's one that's, like, what, uh, number three? The Dream Warriors? Mm-hmm. When he, he throws a chick through the TV and he's like, Welcome to primetime, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so Talk about a yeah. wet dream. Yeah. And like, fucking, that's, dre- that's the first one. He's yeah. 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 Or like, it's like in, in one of the, in Jason versus, Freddy versus Jason, he's like fucking a dead, dead teenager. Yeah. He's like, What are you doing? Aren't you going to come help me? And he goes, It's not my fault. This bitch is dead on her feet. And he's all moving her arms. So <laughs> he's like, oh. It's like this guy became pure fucking comedy. And this is why people are like, no, all nine movies are great. <laughs> like people still go see him. And the, that's what the remake got wrong. It tried to make it too dark. It didn't make, it wasn't Robert England. Robert and also the makeup sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, the makeup looked fucking weird. Fucking weird it was lips. like they like interviewed a fake bird and victim. And Rookshack from Watchmen, so I just mm-hmm. couldn't get past that. His now. voice. <laughs> yeah. just kept thinking, what was Rorschach doing? I thought Rorschach was a fucking rapist. <laughs> that voice, man. That voice is so fucking distinctive. Like, you instantly know from the character. But that was that's why people love Pennywise is because Tim Curry made it fucking fun. He made it almost like a yeah, Rocky he, Horror Picture Show. He did a, a great bit. he did a great job of 
being like this, oh, wow, like, oh, this is very, I can feel this comedic and I can feel this charm coming through the makeup, even though, like, as a kid, I didn't recognize it was Tim Curry. I didn't recognize oh, yeah. who that guy was. You I just knew, about it. I just thought, like, clown, like, was real. Clown and bad. So, <laughs> and, it, and it would be. Kids it, good. <laughs> it had this weird charm to it. At the same time, he knew exactly when to snap it right into creepy. He knew yeah. when to guide it slowly into, oh, wow, wait, wait a minute. This is absolutely terrifying. And I don't give credit to the directing at all for that. I give it the credit to Tim Curry. Yeah, because it's almost like a Joker personality. It's like the yeah. serious, but also be funny with it. Yeah. I saw this interview with Christopher Nolan, and um, they were also talking to the person who helped, uh, what's his name, get into character, Heath Ledger. And he's like, just look at him like you're playthings. Because the first scene that they filmed was the scene when he breaks up the party, and he's like, uh, where is Harvey Dent? You know, he's, yeah. he does it. that was the first scene they filmed, and he was like nervous. Like, I, didn't have, I didn't think I was going to have to you know, portray this character at the beginning of, of, you know, people haven't even seen him yet in front of this audience. And the person that was helping him was like, just treat everybody like toys, treat them like the toys that they are. And that's when he had just so much fun with it, grabbing the drink and shit, like emptying it out and yeah. just fucking with people. Do you know where Harvey is? Do you know who he is? <laughs> uh, and that, that Tim Curry actually did that a lot. It, especially when, uh, what's really good is like in the original it, when they're adults and they come back to Derry it, he definitely does that. One of my favorite scenes of the original is when uh, uh, John Ritter's character is in the library. In the library, yeah. Yeah, and he's just sitting there like no one else can see or hear him. It's just John Ritter. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who John Ritter plays because he he's Richie. Richie. He's they, Richie. They, yeah. did, they did a very bad. No, he's an architect. Yeah. No, John, no, 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 no. John Ritter plays the architect. Yeah, okay, that's, that's who John yeah, Ritter yeah, plays. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Ben, but but he's not in the he's not in the library. That's Richie, that's in, the Richie library. in the library. It should remember I told you that because I was like going back and rewatching it after I read it. I was like, oh, they fucked up. They put Richie in the library instead of the reader, which was Ben. Oh, okay, the, my bad. That's my bad. That's the whole. Up. That's when he's on the railing and he goes, yeah, yeah. beep beep, Richie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my bad. Yeah, and he's like on the he's railing dancing. Like, yeah, he's doing that weird like doing a weird jerk off motion. He has the sound makers like it's like what the fuck is yeah, he's like riding the railing. <laughs> Did he have this was a script not written today? Like he's, oh, he's, he's just Nicholas Cage, dude. I'm just improv the entire movie. Oh, I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a peach for hours. <laughs> okay, so let's face waterfall. Face waterfall. <laughs> let's get let's get to the actual fucking remake. Let's talk about this movie, the movie that just came out because. Mm. Fuck you, hipster movie guys. It was better than the original. It was so much better. Fuck yes, it was. Um, but I, I didn't appreciate it as much as I did after, until I fucking picked up the book. It was the third book I ever fucking read, and I I was like, I was at a party. It was kind of lame. I was at Chris Bell's house, and I, gra- I he had a whole shelf full of fucking Stephen King. I had only fucking just, just read uh, Iliad and the Odyssey. I grabbed it from him. I was like, can I borrow this? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I, dude, I fucked the book up. I, I felt all bad because it just ripped it up after barring for so long but I was at your dad's house and there's no electricity down below yep. so I had to have the window open and I would read it as the street lights coming in and dude it freaked me out so much more due to the fact that I was reading it in the dark usually by my fucking self That's on that great bed. atmosphere <laughs> so it was it was fucking fun I remember specific fucking scenes exactly that I read that freaked me out one of the scenes is the one that I told you of uh, they're in the sewer and in the scene in the book Georgie's way far away from him and they're, the way that they're getting through the sewer, they don't have, I think their batteries ran out or something like that. And so they had matches. And so they light a match. And then Georgie be right there. And Georgie be talking to him. Match go out. Light another match. Georgie be right there talking to him. And then he's starting to get creepier and creepier. Match goes out. And instantly, you have, I think you had like turned the page or something. So it was like, you're fucking tense. 
and then lights a match and George is right in front of his face and it's like holy fuck when you're reading it just because you're in your own head and you like like even right now I could yeah. feel like my heart beating a little bit more Getting so it's like room. little scenes like that where it when you're in that right atmosphere in the dark reading it in a fucking house it, it, it's fucking I very think, intense I think the reason why that wasn't in the movie in this remake is because we would have seen that coming because a lot of horror movies have ripped that, that off yeah the, the flickering the walking dead is one of them oh, yeah. the flickering the constantly like lighting a match yeah. and then all of a sudden something's in your face like that's something that audiences now like writing that in 86 is one thing but here we are, or fucking yeah. thirty years later. Like you'd be like, oh, they're gonna, he's gonna pop up. Yeah, right. nah, jump scare. That's funny to think about because maybe they got it from that. The probably whole flashlight going. Probably out, the battery's always dying. And yeah. Like, um, also, yeah, everyone always has to slam on their fucking flashlights yeah. in every movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad that uh, fucking Andy Muschietti did not rely on jump scares. At all, no, like there was, no, there, was there was one, one. which was and that, that one where it got yes exactly yeah. because they focused it on only doing it once yeah, <laughs> yeah and they didn't yeah the whole fucking movie we're talking about the same one right the one when he when they're watching the projector no that no, one no oh, the, that the was Beverly one. Beverly one is the one after oh she yeah meets her dad. so there's you, two you don't two think jobs. about it at that time but Pennywise is influencing her father on his creepy little yeah unless he has her his daughter. She knocks him out, and then she goes to run, and he's fucking right there. So, no, this is my fucking theory. I, I did not see this anywhere. I think the entire... Because looking back, talking about it, and um, thinking about what the characters were dealing with then, uh, the, it was a lot more... Uh, since it took place in the 1950s, Mike dealt with a lot more racism, mm -hmm. shit like that. He didn't have... His parents didn't get burnt in the book, but he knew his dad was a part of... The, it's called the Black Dot, what they always talk about the Black Dot, which is a black nightclub, and it was burned down by the KKK. So his dad was a part of that. He was there that night that it got fucking burnt down. And they die, right? Like yeah, no, dead. no, his they're parents does not die. They're, they're still alive in the fucking books. So I think everything the people are dealing with, I think what it represents is childhood trauma. Think about it. Because remember I told you in the end, when they bike ride down the hill, they bike ride down the hill, and uh, Bill's wife cannot, she's like in the deadlights. Yeah. People listening, uh, Beverly in the Deadlights, that's a, a foreshadow for what's going to happen to Bill's wife. That does not happen in the book. Beverly does not get taken up by the Deadlights, but Bill's wife does at the end. And it's fucking horrific. It's everything he loves. You know, he she's everything to him. So he grabs Isle Silver, which is his bike, which they said one Isle Silver away in the movie. But yeah. the bike is way more important in the book. Yeah. So the bike at the end, which saved him and... Um, Oh, what the fuck? Stanley. So him and Stanley, the first time Stanley actually starts to believe that the clown is real, they do that right in the uh, made-for-TV movie. Stanley's, the you know, he talks yeah. about it as an adult. He's like, oh, this bike saved Stanley and I. And Stanley goes inside that house on uh, Tolbert Street. And he walks up there. As he's going up to the, like, he's being called to the house like uh, Eddie was. So how, how it happened to Eddie, it's, it mostly does with that house. Eddie's the one that sees it. Okay, so before the fun house, he sees the leper, right? Yeah, so this is, yeah, so everybody sees something, something different. Diff yeah. So now in the book, everybody deals with their own thing. Ben is actually dealing with his dad. He lost his dad during World War II. Yep. His, his mom had to move. His mom had nothing. She had to move to her sister's house. So this is what the miniseries got right as well, is that Ben is kind of against his mom a little bit. His, his closest person in his life was his father. He lost his dad. His father was the only person that showed him attention, the only person that showed him love. This kid who's been picked on his whole fucking life, war took his dad. So then he re, uh, resents his mother because she had to move somewhere because she couldn't afford to stay in the town that they were yeah. at. And he runs away consistently. And the mom, or the sister's... Con Consistently telling her sister, 
I am taking care of you. Basically, I'm in charge of you. Your son is a bad kid, consistently talking shit about Ben. So Ben runs away to the library all the time. He goes and reads books consistently. That's all he knows is like he's going that's his escapism. Not too many movies. He can't afford movies. So he goes to the library where it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's his childhood trauma. Mike deals with racism. This is in the 1950s. The word nigger is used so many times in the book. It's fucking like they harp on it so fucking much. Like Henry's uh, racism towards Mike, but they, Henry also poisons Mike's dog in the book. As well as it shows a lot more brutality. What? Yeah, the fuck kills Mike's yeah. dog. Like he fucking like torments him. Yeah, torments him the whole time. Uh, torments him a lot through the book, but then fucking finally poisons him slowly and kills him. And then Mike also deals with fucking uh or sorry, Henry deals with his father, his life at home, and his dad is way more fucked up. They tried to give him a backstory, Andy Muschietti, but it didn't test well with audiences. So he was like, well, I would just want to give some. I want to give a. A third dimension yeah. to my character and people, people yeah people care. want someone to hate they don't want oh there's a reason why a bully is a bully the reason why bauer is the is this huge antagonist in the movie is because his father was his antagonist because it, he fucked him up and we do get like a little bit of yeah, it though, you do. In the movie. he said like that, I, that's what he was glad that they let him keep in was the gunshot the like the gunshots and like the whole like nothing like a little bit of fear to make a paper man crumble. Yeah, it's a great fucking so line. Such a fucking and good line, dude. I think so for good. and I think like anyone like I think it's easy for like a lot of guys like us like who just fucking overanalyze a lot of movies. You could see that very easily. I think it was portrayed enough for us to really kind of to really to really appreciate it about how fucked up Bauer's life was at home, and you could tell like as soon as. Every time he's like finished dealing with his dad, he just kind of fucking goes a little nuts. And one of the best hints of it was when uh, they first grab Ben and they put him up, and they're, they're he's about to fucking cut his name into Ben's stomach. Yeah. Or he cuts and, part of it, yeah. Yeah, he starts it. He doesn't finish, and yeah. Ben like fucking kicks him, falls on the hill, and then Bauer jumps down after him, and they're all four of the guys are running after Ben, and they're like, "Gotta get him!" And then he goes, and then this ki- this kid who's full of rage and anger who's terrifying and he's supposed to be this imposing force, all of a sudden turns into a whiny little child. My knife! My knife! My old man's gonna kill me! Yeah, my old man's gonna kill me! And then he goes, you go, you guys go after him. The kid who he was after, you guys go after him because what's more important is finding that fucking knife, so he I still wanna cut him, but I need, I'm gonna, I need to find this knife because it's so important. It shows that of his incredible fear of his dad, and I thought it was really great. And which was cool because Muschietti changed that scene a lot. He, um, Gave it to where that was the separation between the characters to where it, uh, Pennywise can fucking abduct his friend and fucking kill him. The miniseries got correct was they do it the Dead Knights way. The way that yeah. the book does it is just like they do it in the miniseries when their kids are going through the sewers. The sewers are way more important. The book kind of every time he sees them, they're in the sewers. Yeah, and Eddie's in the shower. At yeah, the, everything. In it's the locker always room. from yeah, the always. sewer. It comes from the sewers. Yeah. They, they, you know, it comes from the sewers of life. Like the the shit that's gross and grumming that you want to be above, like trauma. So childhood fucking trauma. This is this is what I was trying to get. So that's hers. Beverly clearly dealing with her dad's. Uh, Single parent raising from a single parent that can also be a part of it, but yes, they hint a lot at the dad molesting the daughter. They don't specifically say it. Mushetti did that amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking loved it. That's what I wanted to talk about was because every kid, of course, because it's it's said plainly in the movie that what Pennywise goes after is your biggest fear. Like they they show a scene where the kids are figuring out 
what the clown does. It's like, oh, it goes after your biggest fear. And what their all their fears are are directly related to some very specific childhood trauma. That's what it represents. I mean, you got Mike's obviously with like the death of his parents because of racism and the fact that he deals with racism on a daily basis. And like that is his greatest fear because it's very real to him. It's something that happened, something that he saw with his own eyes. So that's always going to follow him throughout his life. That was a very good one. Another one is like Bill's, like his greatest fear, the greatest trauma that happened to him using his little brother. Yeah. I want to say real quick before I continue though, I actually liked what the miniseries did better with Bill and Georgie because there was a little bit of like annoyance. Yeah, yeah. You know about this because yeah. you have a little brother. Like you could love your little brother more than like anyone else <laughs> in the world, but you do get annoyed by yeah, him, yeah. and you're kind of like blah blah fucking blah. But in the new movie, they made it seem like there was a hundred percent love, yeah, yeah. all the time. Like no, show yeah. him a little bit annoyed at Georgie. That's what makes it even better. It's like yeah. you could be annoyed at yeah. Georgie and like get the fuck out of here, Georgie, and then yeah, he like, dies. Play with your boat, yeah, and then you and then you feel a little bit of guilt. I think yeah. that was better than the miniseries. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that, of I course, completely agree. I did not even think of that. That's fucking his biggest cool. fear is his biggest regret losing his brother. With Richie, how Richie says he's not really afraid of anything, and they're like, yeah, he's afraid seen. of him, and he's like, clowns. But then what he's really afraid of is when they go into the fun house, and Pennywise is coming after him, and you see his hand, you know what it turns into? That's a werewolf. No, he's well, of yeah, werewolf. Yeah, no, 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 no. The werewolf was, no, the werewolf yeah. was a nod to the book. What Richie's afraid of is not being known. He's loud and obnoxious because he wants to be seen. seen. It's like, I'm the, I can... I, dude, they hint at they don't, they, they don't they don't hit the nail on the head, but they do. But with the fact like his, I'm missing. Yeah, I'm missing. missing yeah. I am not known. I am yeah. loud and obnoxious because I need to be known. Like every, and I, yeah. that's how I feel. Like he ends up being part of my. He ends up being he ends up being a comedian later on in life. And ask any real life comedian, and they'll joke about how like oh I became one because I needed attention because I was neglected or because I wanted some sort of positive reinforcement. So I was a ridiculous kid and. I'm still that because I need reassurance from strangers. And guess what? In the book and in the fucking movie, they don't fucking they don't talk about or show his parents. So what does that tell you mentally? That his parents aren't there. They mm. so I mean he Very was probably a latchkey kid. So that's Man. even that right there, there can go. show you that boom he's abandoned. So he needs to be loud and obnoxious. So that could be his childhood trauma. But Reminds with, me with, of somebody. I, I want to keep because yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I didn't like stands. I didn't like in the in the movie stands. Um, I thought the lady was creepy as fuck. Yeah. But being afraid of like the painting, I thought like the uh, the metaphor for because I I think like they, what they were trying to do was okay. Well, he's got a bar mitzvah coming up. He's about to become a man. I mean, the responsibility is a big like the religion, all this stuff. It's so much on his shoulders that that can create a lot of fear. Yeah. But the fact that it manifested himself in in a picture was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Because they could have played on the dad being the fucking rabbi yeah. and how his son's never gonna live up to yeah. his dad. And as a religious person, that's your biggest fear is you're gonna be a disappointment to your family because family is everything because religion is everything. And you're basically letting down God. Yeah. So, so uh, they could have went on. They could have went on that of the father being. Yeah, uh, Eddie's was great. That's all I want to say. As Eddie's was uh, great because he's thanks to his fucking mom. He's a hypochondriac. Yeah. He's afraid of getting yeah. sick. Afraid of like those are some of the funniest moments to me. Was when he's ranting about that's fucking gray water. What are you doing? <laughs> that's that's fucking, I'm a hangnail, man. A fucking hangnail. <laughs> you got AIDS from a hangnail. There's a fucking AIDS outbreak right now. Like, <laughs> have you ever he's... heard of staffing? <laughs> like it's like I I thought he was so funny. Like I know everyone's. Was paying attention to how funny Richie was, but I thought Eddie was also Dude, yeah. so funny. But my favorite... These are gazebos, mom. <laughs> They're gazebos! They're gazebos. <laughs> my favorite uh, of the, the, the fears that Pennywise portrayed was Beverly's. Yeah. Because it's blood. And in the original series, all you, you see blood, like, oh, she's afraid of blood. And you're kind of like, okay, that's... 
it didn't really mean much at all. I never really got it until I watched this movie, and I was like, oh, I get it. She's getting molested by her dad. It's very clear in this new movie that the dad is fucking his daughter, and she's fucked up by it. Um, what the blood represents is her period. Yeah, It's womanhood. Uh, you see in the movie, like when they meet up, when she meets up with all the guys— um, she's in the pharmacy Do trying to... Do you think to... her dad is molesting her or he wants to? I don't think he is. I no, think he is. I think he is because are you still my tam- little girl? Yeah, when she comes I... home with the tampons too though and he notices that she's starting her period. Like, are you still my little girl? Because I think it's in the back of his head and I don't know if it's Pennywise no. or not. No. Like, no, why, but why, why, I don't think he did. Why would she cut her hair immediately? That's a sign of trauma. She wouldn't just chop yeah, her hair off that, unless he did it. He huh. had to have done something. So when he touches her, anywhere he touches her, it's dirty. Yeah. She doesn't want every time. To do yeah, it. she. You can see her. Sh- the way she shudders every time she Shaking, touches yeah. is because yeah. this has happened. She knows where this leads because it happened before. Also abuse, which the, 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 it shows a lot more in the book. She beats the fuck out of her. So that yeah. too. So anywhere he lays his hand, and she, I, th- I definitely think the line, away. the line, are you? They know you're still my little girl, right? Means that like. Yeah, you're becoming a. I see the tampons. You're becoming a woman, basically. You're hanging out with boys, but remember that you're mine. That you're my plaything. You're my fuck doll. As a single dad, and I think that the whole tampon thing it shows that she's hitting her period, and she knows she's becoming a woman, and that's her biggest fear is becoming a woman, uh, being able to get pregnant, and then the fear of that her dad might impregnate her. That's having a dad by her rapist father becomes her biggest fear and that's why it manifests itself in a shit ton of blood because that's her fucking period which you told me that part the pregnancy I never thought of that I was like oh fuck that's a good that, that, solid yeah, point that was my favorite representation of the fears for the kids and also I thought that Beverly the, the actress who plays Beverly was the best actress in the fucking movie yeah uh, like well, she's she, hot. She's fifteen, but she's her best. Her, like she's hot in a year, and we're, 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 what I mean is like best, like best actor. I mean because like, well, you can also give a lot of credit to uh, Ben Skarsgård for the way he did Pennywise, dude. but I think best so act, good. the best acting job, the funnest acting job, guy, dude. Oh my god, yeah. So I think I think uh, like the best acting, what the most, the most range, the most emotion was done by Beverly. Yeah. I thought she absolutely killed it every time she does a scared face, concerned face, scarred face, crying face. It was fucking amazing. I completely agree. I fucking loved who they picked to play her. And oh, I perfect loved, kid cast. Like they picked most kids who, that people don't know. These kids yeah, are. Man. We only knew one kid from fucking yeah. Stranger Things, yep. and he killed it, dude. And that was a selling point. <laughs> yeah, we'll get one of those kids from Stranger Things. And <laughs> he did such a great job, dude. Richie. Oh man, I fucking absolutely loved Richie. What's cool is they uh, Muschietti told them it was going to take place in '89, so he allowed them. Told them go talk to your parents. Your parents go. They grew mm-hmm. up right around that era. Go learn about the slang. Learn about cussing. What did you guys do? What did they do as kids? So most of their lines and everything, they told them the outline. Okay, here's the blueprints of what we're going to do. Now decorate the house. It's kind of how they did it, and they allowed the kids to improv. And they all hung out together, and they all like started using the slang and everything they were taught, and they just fucking improved their lines leading up to the Dude, scene. I love that they turned it from the fifties to eighty nine. I thought that was such a brilliant touch, relatable to the people who grew up with the mm-hmm. fucking guy yeah, made for TV movies. movie. Yeah. And that's what they're making they, it for a new audience. And I think that the fifties is just too distant. Like, there's a lot of nostalgia in fifties, and like you could do a lot of nostalgic movies. Uh, Kingsman, the new Kingsman, actually made fun of that a little bit. The fifties nostalgia, really? yeah, dude, I can't wait for you to see it. But um, like, there's a lot of that, and that's just too distant from us. And eighty nine is so close. That's a year before the original made for TV movie with Tim Curry was made. That was made in ninety. Yeah. And like the fact that like, oh, we're gonna do a lot of eighties throwbacks, but it's still very close to the nineties. I thought it was just 
it felt like home yeah, to exactly. me. Yeah, exactly. And that, well, they knew the audience. What audience is going to go see it? People 20s and 30s. The, those and it turns that out that with. everyone from every age group Dude, fucking saw it. I, I loved love it. it. Damn, there's a, there's a lot of diversity in this fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we were in the movie theaters. Like, there's, this, this is the most diverse movie audience I've ever seen. Yeah, it's fucking great, man. Everyone. Then they clap. They clapped at the end, huh? Yeah. Everyone claps. Dude, fucking amazing. Uh, clearly, there's a reason. Is there anything it. that like really? Because obviously you're a huge horror fan, Dave. Is there anything that really stuck out to you that was like that is an amazing thing that they did? Just the opening scene when he introduces himself Dude, and his yeah. little wonk guy, and he's talking about the carnival and the popcorn. Oh, uh, did you he's like? like did... It's my favorite, and he's laughing, and then he's just sitting there staring at him with his eye going. I love that. And he's fucking drooling. So creepy. Great start. So back. after rewatching it, this is this is my idea. This is what I also thought. Every time he goes Wonkai is because he's folding out of its out of his, out of uh, his character yeah. because the child isn't afraid. We That's watch the, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. because it seems like every time the child isn't afraid, like when George is like, "Oh yeah, a uh, popcorn and all this thing," and when then he, starts, he stops, and he starts he laughing stops. and he's like, "Huh?" And then yeah, he stops. Stops for a yeah. second, you see his eye go Wonkai, and then it goes back, and then Georgie backs up and he goes, "I'm gonna go now." And the music, everything changes, changes yeah. because that moment Georgie wasn't afraid, it starts folding back. And it fucked up his focus, like because he's a he's a he's a creature that smells fear, and it's like a dog, a hunting well, he, dog he, that he, lost he, the he, scent. He, he's he's he calls it salting the meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, brilliant. I fucking love then, that. Yeah. The, the, then, the fear is what salt. It, it's the marinade. It's what yeah. what drives him and, and what makes him able to kill every time. Or one of the it, it yeah. because because yeah. it's not a female or it's non-binary. And that's There's what's a, great is that like what I also loved about the performance of Ben Skarsgård is that at times. He acts. He does body movements like a puppet because its real form isn't a clown. It's not a clown that turned magical and evil. No, it's yeah. another extra dimensional He's an being. Yeah. being yeah. yeah, that shows the form of a clown. He's so half of a the, whole. Yeah, the clown is basically like it's like this little uh, avatar that it uses to yeah. to get people in. So it's like a puppet. And so Ben Skarsgård does certain movements that's very puppet like, like the Wonkai when he's talking to George. Mm. He's kind of like oh fails it or also. When uh, Bill goes to the cellar and he sees Georgie, he sees the, the yeah. ghost version of Georgie going, after, after Pennywise attacks him, Love that scene he kind of slams down. A Georgie as yeah, a as a puppet. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Him, yep. You can yeah. tell him using Georgie's, then he slams him down, mm-hmm. and then Pennywise himself attacks Bill. Bill runs up the stairs, and then Pennywise himself slams his face down on the stairs and gets dragged away as if he's also the puppet. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's, fucking brilliant because yeah. I didn't think of that because it was actually showing that Georgie's the puppet. It also shows that the clown is another puppet. What the reason that it is a clown? I, I believe. I mean, I, I think they even hint that in the book. I don't quite remember, but when it came around, it was way before the way movie. Before. Only shows so like the theory 1990s is, is or I mean, sorry, 1900s. But um, in the book, it's fucking like. 1200 I mean this is fucking so far so he, get the, he hits the, so they're interdimensional beings there's two there's, there's the, Turin, the tortoise yeah, who the, is the turtle who is the arch nemesis yeah. of whatever Pennywise is yeah. no one knows but yeah that they're knocked down from wherever they are because Matt Turin too is a, one of the protectors of the beam in the Which, dark the, tower yeah, so there's, yeah there's 11 beams or yeah. 12 beams so, that protect the dark tower because the dark tower is an interdimensional tower that can get to any place in any galaxy that's how, he, that's how guys, guys earth you're getting into a tunnel, and Sorry. a lot of listeners don't know what the fuck you're That's talking about. That's why we're about. trying to explain it. Okay, no, but so I'm talking about, goes, talking about oh, slowing down so yeah. because okay. you got this information from another Stephen King book. It's oh. called the Dark Tower series. The Dark Tower series is Stephen King's masterpiece. You yes. know they yeah. fucked up that movie. 
I wish, done, I wish they would have waited and done it first. Yeah, we'll see, but anyways, like there is a lot of information. The Dark Tower, the Dark Tower, in the in that book universe, it basically has every Stephen King story ever yeah, made. Yeah. It's interlinked. It shows all those things. Yep. Worlds. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. It's tunnels. Yeah. It's sewer tunnels to every fucking. And Stephen Pennywise himself actually pops up in different Stephen King's books. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you like like you guys said, an interdimensional being. He shows up in all these different things, and like you said, there's a mirror version of him who's a group who's a, basically a good guy that helps protect the Dark Tower. Like a lot of interdimensional dimensional beings protect the dark yeah. tower yeah which you can even argue that roland as well as the the man in black that's the dark and the light From the dark tower yeah, yeah exactly sorry the dark tower series is stephen king's fucking masterpiece seven books written an eighth weird book that's kind of like i a, saw a graphic a novel version of the comic that they compressed into one movie yeah, well no they didn't they, they, that one more? but uh, they dude, compressed they mainly minutes dude 80 yeah, minutes they compressed his masterpiece they See, wasted idris elbow like i'll never forgive him. i know but now back back to where I, where i met with childhood trauma now at the end of the book okay like i said he he uh bill's wife she can't remember shit she's like blind basically puts her on his fucking handlebars and starts riding down the hill and fear from the hill ride wakes her the fuck up. And he's like, remember, come back to me. Remember, remember our life. Because she's not from Derry. So he's trying to make her remember her biggest trauma is coming to fucking Derry, basically. <laughs> and so he's riding away from the town and he's telling her to remember, remember our life. And she comes back to normal and he kisses her in the middle of traffic. Cars weave out of the way. And he, like it's like the happy ending mm-hmm. that you know everyone fucking wants. Now... Everyone they call in the book. So in the book, each chapter parallels each other. There's adults and there's kids. So it's just parallel of them defeating the clown as adults as well as kids. So they do it very well. What the Maver team movie got wrong and what I hope they do right with this one is that factor. Like it's hard to jump back and forth. Yeah. They first, but they, they automatically can't because they did a movie of them solely being kids. Now they're gonna next they're gonna do a movie that's solely them being adults, so they can't do it parallel. No, I know that. That's I'm just saying this is what the book it's easier to do in a book, clearly, but yeah. like even in the made for TV movie they did the same thing. They have to separate them. So they know what they're doing. It just in my head I see it jumping back and forth, even though it's probably super fucking confusing and weird. Because the, the made-for-TV movie did it right by calling them. Mike calls everybody. Hey, remember? And like, Who the fuck is this? Yeah, that's, all, that's a really good thing about the, um, that, that was fun is that like uh, when you talk about childhood trauma, it's usually something that's that your brain blocks out. Yep. It's a defense mechanism to save your own psyche, to save your own self, is you forget the most traumatic thing that happened to you. It happens a lot to a lot of people. Um, and it manifests itself in different ways. Um and in the book, uh, you and in also the miniseries, you have where um, this thing, the whole dairy situation, it, Pennywise, it all represents trauma. They all went through this as kids, and they moved away. They all moved away from their old town, and when they moved away, they forgot about what happened. Well, that's, that's yep. part of his power, too. Well, yeah, that's, and that's yeah, why yeah. he yep. goes unseen is because he can block adults from... Yeah, he can remembering block, yeah. and yeah. then yes, yeah, so they do leave and they completely forget. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah, so Pennywise for, for, for childhood trauma yeah, yeah, represents. Yeah. Pennywise has yeah, so Pennywise yeah. in the in the book you have that power that makes them all forget yeah. until Mike calls them and says it's Mike yeah, it's and they're Mike. all Mike and they're all huh and mm-hmm. these all from Derry and when they mention Derry all these emotions come flooding yeah. back. He's and like that's their memory because like, then, then in the I couldn't I didn't remember you I couldn't remember and then in that you have Bill telling his wife. No, I had a brother. I told you my brother died, but I didn't tell you he was murdered. And all this stuff, like, and the, all these things come flowing back, and that's like that's 
such a good metaphor for childhood trauma. Yeah, and so um, glad they, they ripped they, his arm off. Too. They also do this. Yeah, I know, so like that was like the gore, it's like the only so really gory mo- moment of the movie, yeah. but it was it was fun. It was like so a many great, good things we could talk yeah. about. But yes, the childhood trauma. I'm so glad they fucking ripped off his arm. By the way, yeah. so fucking good. But yes, when they call them in the miniseries and in the book, they get a call, and then that's what causes their memory to fucking you know respond, and they go into their own memory. And they're like, yes, I, th- I think I remember. What's funny is Mike is the one that contacts everybody. Mike's the only one that stays in Derry. Yep. So I didn't realize that till now. So the, mm-hmm. the trauma basically never left him. He's been in that same racist town. So of course he's mm-hmm. the one to get everybody back, back together. It's fucking awesome. But uh, what's it called? The moment they get closer to town is when they start remembering more and more. And in the miniseries, they mentioned that they're all at sushi in the beginning of the uh, chapter two. And she's like, oh, it's like fucking crazy. As soon as you see the town, it's like a wave, a fucking wave. It's like the water. They keep saying that. Like the water's fucking rushing over you. And the, them, they're seeing the fucking town and they're instantly fucking remembering shit. Right? And if you think about it, you go away from your fucking town. You're not going to remember like you said. But the moment you see the house, what if you see your house that you were molested at? What's the first thing yeah. that's gonna come flooding it's, back it's to you? A lot of, there's like a lot that's, of sense that's, that's, a, well, that's a metaphor. The same flooding way, back to you, everyone. You know, that's, yeah, the same oh, way that like you can smell something you haven't smelled in forever, and that'll immediately take you back yeah. to a very specific moment in your life, and like that's kind of something that they kind of played on a little bit, but just you know, with fucking molestation, yeah, <laughs> racism, molestation. And fucking drama. Why'd you say that so weird? <laughs> with uh, molestation, molestation. <laughs> I wanted to get people's attention. <laughs> molestation, <laughs> molestation. <laughs> French guy. Not molestation. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's, I mean, if you think about it, basically fucking everything is trauma. Like you said, Bill, you get fucking Ben. That's that's where they fucked up, Stanley and Ben. Andy Muschietti did a great job. So what's stupid about the book, if you don't know about the Dark Tower series, you're going to read a spider and a fucking giant turtle, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> at the end of the book, Bill is flying through the air, and he's like out of time. He's in another dimension. So time is not, time is linear still, but it's like paused. So it's still going forward. Time is cyclical to the well, people in the other dimensions, yeah. but time is still linear to Bill, who is in his own third dimension. It's, it's hard. They, they talk about his form being more closer to some type of bug, like a spider. Because originally yeah. in the book, too, when they go in the sewers, there's hordes of spiders. Yeah, right? and it also says yeah. you can't comprehend the, you can't what comprehend he, what, what he is. is. Yeah. So he has to turn it into something and. <clears throat> Spiders are fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're a being that works on fear, Some type of, and that's funny. What's the scariest what do, what do turtles creature? Eat, you know, turtles eat so. bugs. Fuck <laughs> around. So the <laughs> get down. Yeah. So the what the tortoise does? The tortoise doesn't help. It doesn't have any. It doesn't like help Bill. Hey, Bill, I'm gonna help you out. It doesn't fucking try to defeat. <laughs> it, it uses. Could you imagine uh, intelligence? It's a psychologist. So the turtle represents psychology. Yeah. So it it's goes in a building. I can't, Morty, I can't the, fight did your you battle. Did you watch the new Rick and Morty, the true tortoise? I know. That's a throw throw to it. So no yeah. way. He's a true tortoise. And Rick's like, don't look into its eyes, Morty. And he looks into its eyes and it says some weird shit. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and apparently if you play it backwards, it says, George is dead. I am a beetle. <laughs> For the whole beetle scene everything. Everyone thinks yeah. George died. Yeah. That's fucking great. It was dude. replaced. So that's, good. That's hilarious. What the fuck, dude? That's yeah, I have to watch that episode. Tortoise. It's Mighty uh, Morty's Mind Blowers. So I was gonna say, oh, like, I did watch Morty's Mind Blowers. Yeah, the true tortoise is in the the beginning. That's so cool. Uh, I was gonna say, like you said, it, the tur the, in the in the book, the tortoise represents psychology because it's all about I can't fight your battle for you, 
but I'm going to give you a certain support that'll help you fight it. Yeah. You need to conquer your own demons. It's the same as anyone who's ever faced serious trauma in their life. If you have psychological problems, no one can beat that for you. No one can solve it for you. No one could be a cure, quote unquote. You have to, so you like the only way out is through. And that's also represented in the sewers. In the sewers of the of, of all fucking three editions of this goddamn story, it's all about we need to find our way through and out of these yeah. sewers. Every which single time, yep. the entire thing, and uh, they all have they have their own way ways of doing, doing it. it. Yes, uh, <laughs> fun, fun, fun ways. Uh, by, the, by, mean, by now, everyone oh, well, yeah. by the, by now everyone knows because there was a thousand articles written yeah. about it a couple of weeks after the movie came out. Finally. Is that in the book they all fuck Beverly? It's like every, it's like all the bloggers read it finally, and they were like, like because it was a couple oh, of like, Oh, about. we're not gonna talk about the orgy. You mean you just read it for the first time? Like, Stephen, yeah. Stephen yeah. played it up like he didn't give a fuck. What and I feel mean? like most that, bloggers. That? That's what like, you're worried about. Like, <laughs> I feel like most online articles saw one person talk about it, and they're all pretend like they knew about it already, <laughs> and then they wrote a two paragraph article about it with a bunch of clickbait. But anyways. And it wasn't a gangbang. It was individual, right? Yeah, well, she yeah. It was a train. train. It was a fucking yeah, it train. It was a train. <laughs> it was classy. It was classy. It was a train. It was a fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled a pavement. Hell of a... Wait, Stevie, who went first in the train? It was also Beverly's idea, and she grabbed... Probably George. I think she grabs... Oh, no, 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 Bill. I think she grabs Bill first. The whole thing is that she thinks they have to become men. Yeah, so and she's like, I well, know how well, to. Well, yeah, the idea then, is yeah. to, the idea is to defeat the fear, or defeat the yeah. defeat your child. Because they do get lost in the yeah. And that's and another thing, like you become an adult, and that's kind of a thing as a kid. You're when holding on to your fucking no, when, trauma. When, some, yep. when something, you don't yeah, yeah. when something is scary and something fucks with you, you think, when I grow up, it's not going to be that anymore. This thing has fucked with my life. I'm either being molested or I'm being this and being that. Like. My life is fucked up now as a kid, but I believe very strongly that when I become a grown up, when I'm an adult, this will no longer be there. And that's what that represents, the whole we need to become adults now. We need to grow up in the sewers in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's manifested in that very strange way. We all know that. Yeah. But the this new movie, this uh, the um, it was such a cool idea because they didn't get lost in the sewers after they beat Pennywise. They got out pretty easy. and But then they were like all sitting there in the grass and they're like – Having that whole that moment of we beat it, but we're not sure if we it beat it. Yeah, and like we need to make that kind. We need to, and then of course I think it's Bill, right, who says and it. That's when they make the promise to come back. And, Isn't Bill know. who one who proposes yeah. it? Yeah, he goes like, in case, we need to make a pact right now. If it ever comes back, is it Bill that proposes there. the pact, or is well, it Mike? Well, hold on, let's not let's not forget that when at the end when they all meet the antagonist, what happens? Turns into everything they everything fear. They fear everything they truly yeah. fear because we have seen fears. Throughout the the movie, but certain things, certain things that you know that they only showed once, they don't show again, like the headless dude, shit like that. But mainly, turns into Beverly's dad, the turns into Georgie. Yeah. Like it that's turns what into was, that was so powerful too when he turned into Beverly's dad because it like hit it home even further. Mm. What her what her fear is. Yeah, exactly, fear of her father. So I love that they fucking harp on that a fucking lot. But I don't remember who it is. But Beverly, they asked Beverly, "What was it like in the deadlights? The deadlights are supposed to if you, you go insane." Automatically, what happens to Patrick in the book? Um, he gets fucking taken by the deadlights, but I think Henry. Well, it's not automatically right. It's pretty much it like makes you comatose, and then yes, eventually you, you do go insane. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. go insane from it. Now Henry's already mm-hmm. in a he's in a mental institution. Yeah. He survives, like he survives in the fucking book. But they, I was gonna say in the I'm book, I'm not sure he if they because they pin the murders on him, right? Yeah, as yeah. a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
everyone because and that's why he's in a fucking loony yeah. bin and then he comes to him in the shape of a moon and, which they're probably not gonna do because <laughs> <laughs> goes in the shape of cheese man it's for cheese like the swiss don't they have like a threesome there? <laughs> they have chocolate too <laughs> god damn it so um yeah so with Henry they obviously yeah they pin the fucking murders on him because he's an aggressive fucking kid uh, but aggressive is putting it mildly but go on yeah, yeah mildly mild <laughs> chocolatey but don't fuck um, but what Beverly they ask her what was it like in the fucking deadlights and she goes I don't know I saw us as adults I saw us all back here as adults what was it like we were like, I don't know all I know is that how we felt scared we all felt scared basically what they're doing in the movie is saying that when Portia. she's in the deadlights She's kind of in that other dimension. Out of time. Out of time. Jeez, I didn't That's fucking the thing, think of that. too, because she's like, Holy I'm not shit. afraid of you. And he's like, You will be. And then he opens up you his mouth to the dead, do. like, You that's, will. Yeah, that's, no, that's the original. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's, that's the thing it was. Is that <laughs> I mean, you will be. No, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think it was. It was like the fact that that's what the deadlights do is it puts you in another dimension. And because these are human beings, they don't know how to comprehend that, they don't know how to deal with mm. that. But what she got a glimpse of, of course, was them as adults. That's why she was in that. And, uh, of course, he's an interdimensional being, so he can fucking snatch him out and all that kind of stuff. But, anyways, I thought... whatever he Snatch, yeah. the girl gets raped. Yeah, okay. They okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Stay> already <laughs> raped her. <laughs> but, uh, and I thought that uh, the fact that their version in the movie of sort of growing up and, like, we like this is our version of being adults now is that we're gonna all cut ourselves and join hands and get AIDS or whatever, <laughs> and is like and we're making a pact we're making a very solid pact that like if this thing comes back in twenty seven fucking years we are going to come back too. So we all get AIDS so if they ain't, if we uh, poison the people so they ain't gonna be no people so there ain't gonna be no it because there ain't no people. <laughs> we kill the monster by everybody getting AIDS. You kill uh, its food, you kill it. That's how you work. You take yeah. out its food supply. Everyone gets AIDS, man. <laughs> Back you can't eat AIDS. If it eats us, then it gets AIDS. Oh, boom. Right there. Money. <laughs> but let's go back to the whole beating the shit out of him scene. Well, was I, fear, so I fear you not eating me so you can get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun to see them, like, actually, because like, you have him, and he's like, like you said, like, he grabs Beverly, Beverly says she's not afraid of him, and then he goes, wait, what? And he smells her, mm-hmm. and he's like, fuck, she isn't and you, afraid yeah, of me. uses her like, uh, yeah. like a rag doll. He's like, you, brilliantly. He's like, you remember? And he does the whole, he opens his mouth into the deadlights and fucking hypnotizes her. And it's the same thing earlier when they're in the fucking crack house. It was like my favorite part of the movie. The when fridge, in the crack you house. mentioned that. You're like, Dude, I loved it. I loved it when he first, when they, when after Eddie slams through the fucking, the, uh, the floorboards, floor, yeah. he breaks his arm and he's sitting on the table and he wakes up from his little faint and he sees Pennywise's hands reach out of the little fridge, the fridge yeah. and he contorts his way out, and it looked so... It looked, I thought, this is a brilliant fucking shot. Like, did he really do that? And like, then after he's done contorting, he does this little dance move where he like he sh- does little jazz hands, and he steps aside like, uh. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, oh my god, this is fucking brilliant, and then he starts fucking... That was the first time we got to see him fun. That was, yeah. Like, yeah. I think, the first introduction of him being fun. And he starts fucking with Eddie, and he's all like, pretending like he's gonna bite him, and he goes, ah, 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 and he's like <laughs> just fucking with him so much and it was so much fun and then you hear like when uh, wait no that wasn't the first the first time was the hand no that was not was waving no 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 because that's waving. before oh, yeah, no, you're right. Mike you are right because yeah. all, the, hand, all the friends like, yeah because yeah. all the friends go to the house they need the seven they yeah. have to have the seven so, but maybe no maybe that wasn't because that, that time they went to the fucking thing they didn't go back to, to they, they went back to take on the clown I think Mike wasn't there the second time Mike was there because Mike brought the gun. The first time they weren't strong enough to defeat it because Mike wasn't there. That may be it. 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe I have yeah. to. I have well, because he never goes in the house. Who sees well, the house yeah, with the balloons? On, yeah, like the first time they go, well, the first out. time they go, most of everyone is is waiting outside. Mike is there the first time. He's oh, just not just going oh, inside. So I'm wrong. He waited outside. I'm, I'm wrong. Then. Yeah, but, and then they um, all rush in. They all that's rush they in all at the fi- yeah. and that's why he ends up running away because they all rush in. But anyways, and I thought that scene was so cool. Too, I that, he stabs but, him through the fucking face, and he's just oh yeah, at him and he just fucking, and he fucking slices yeah. fucking Ben, <laughs> and no one cares. Fucking hamburger helper. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was no gonna say is like, cares, like <laughs> Eddie's arm broken, and that's what I was like. I was like, Ben's how come, bleeding out. I was like, in the theater, I was like, how come nobody cares that Ben's bleeding to death? And right after I said that, Richie's like, this motherfucker's licking hamburger helper. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is like, when you have um, Richie and Bill upstairs. And they're like fighting through their fears, and like, and Bill's like, "It's not real. None of it's real." You see, Pennywise stop. Like, what the fuck? How dare you say that? I don't smell the fear anymore. They come downstairs, and he turns. One of my favorite lines that uh, Pennywise says: "He goes, it's not real enough for you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I not real enough for you, Bill?" <laughs> and I was like, "This so is good. amazing. I was real enough for Georgie. <laughs> I was real enough for Georgie." <laughs> and oh, dude. Amazing, dude, brilliant. So now, there's so, so much fun. There, like you mentioned earlier, the uh, the part where they had the um, what's it called? The fucking photos. The, what, what is that thing called? The fucking projector. Oh, the projector. Project- oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Projector scene. Why the fuck? I fucking know that. I'm an idiot. So the scene with the projector screen, that was actually a throw to one of uh, a short story that he wrote as well. That happened with a giant dog, I believe, that jumps through the fucking screen. Cujo? I saw, Cujo? No, yeah. it's not Cujo. No, it's a different... <laughs> that's both yeah. out of the same. That's the only a, dog movie I know about Stephen King. movie screen and, <laughs> it's a different, and Cujo? Air bud. Doesn't jump through a movie screen. It's it's a... Uh, Air bud. No, it's not Air bud. That's what he said. <laughs> it's, it's just another... I think it's another... It's a dog in another story, I believe. Sandlot. No, maybe. <laughs> Stephen King. Does he? Yeah, he did, remember they're watching a werewolf movie when Benny the Jet Rodriguez is running. Then that's what you were like. Cujo I was like, I don't remember that scene with the <laughs> But yeah, so the, that that was a, a nod to another Stephen King, which is really cool because fucking Mushia did a great job. This is only his second movie, man. His second so fucking crazy. movie. God, he's not even from America. It's more Argentina. Fuck that motherfucker's right. killing it, dude. Yeah. He already got signed to. Dude, he can do whatever he wants. The movie's almost grossed five hundred million already. Oh, dude, it's so cool. But this is this is what I want to say. Mushieta did right. So Kerry Fukunaga or Fukunaga, I can't. I think maybe Fukunaga. He's a Canadian guy. He does sounds Asian. Um, sounds very Japanese. Yeah, he does. So <laughs> he got signed to the project. They wrote two screenplays from two thousand nine all the way up to when they uh, Andy on got since signed. Two thousand five, from what I read. Oh, well, it got for announced. A while, it yeah. got announced in two thousand nine. And so, so they got wrote, the green light in 05, but it takes a while to put everything together. Yeah. So um, what they wrote uh, two screenplays in the meantime before Andy Muschietti uh, went on to it. And he actually gave a nod to um, Carrie and as well as the other writers. Even though he changed a lot, he said writers for the screenplay on the begin- in the beginning of the movie. He didn't even put his own name. He just fucking put the uh, original Class screen- act. I was like, oh, that's fucking such- so cool, dude. He didn't give a fuck. He's like, no, I'm going to change it for the better. But they credit on it. All he did was read the fucking book, which Bill Skarsgård, as soon as he got cast, he read the book read in 10 book. days. Yeah. Crazy. Cool. Yeah, it's easy to do that when you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Handy got the screenplay. What the first two screenplays had was they had Pennywise as a giant a fucking starfish. Uh, starfish. It would have been an upside-down waterfall. and they That was like one of the first Justice League comics. They would have comics the was... tentacles of the starfish because pretty much them floating would be them coming into the starfish's mouth or whatever because it would have been like a reverse waterfall or something. Yeah. Fucking weird. 
Just yeah. fucking super weird, dude. And there was also a lot more rape and like sex. Like there was gonna be, it was gonna be way fucking darker in that aspect, but not any character development. That was that's the problem. Just, yeah. Like yeah, you're doing you're doing gory shock value like the like hostile saw type shit. You're not like this. The reason why this is such a good story is that like we've been harping on this entire fucking podcast. It's about trauma. It's about the characters. It's about what they've been through. It's about Pennywise is a metaphor. That's what he's supposed to be. And if you try to change that into just some giant monster movie, like you ruin it. You take that away. And uh, that's why like werewolf movies fail so often now. Like the original werewolf movie, uh, The Wolfman, sold because it was like a metaphor for alcoholism. And you got oh, now, what? yeah, like someone who becomes a different person a at monster night. Monster when they when, when they, they drink, yeah, that's why the moon comes because they're ripping like, off like they're they're, 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 they, they're they turn into a different person. It's a lot like with Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing of like you turn into a different person at this time, and when you do a certain thing, when a certain oh, thing happens, you train somebody else and you become that horrible monster. The metaphor is what makes the story, and a lot of Hollywood producers kind of get lost in the the pursuit of the money that they forget the metaphor. Yeah, same thing. Well, it. Like you said, represents trauma, so it doesn't. It's not necessarily he or she. This is the whole confusion. Stephen King never explains it. it says the either worlds hinted at that. Dude, if you're female. an interdimensional being, you can't be a boy or girl because you don't need to breathe. Yeah, I'm an interdimensional, you know I mean? interdimensional being. All right, I'm In the Z? 84th pronoun. Call him Z. Okay. So Andy Muschietti being signed on, <laughs> he, he literally has a name. It like we could just say it. Like that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. that's totally non-binary. Yeah. Now you Stop complaining, yeah. assholes. <laughs> so Muschietti uh, he wrote uh, the movie Mother that was his first big fucking film Guillermo del Toro was the one that came after him saw Mother and was like we need to make it a theatrical release we need to make it fucking in which America. did anyone see reviews for I heard it I liked no, it no no not it. that Mother different yeah, mother. mother okay yeah, the new mother was uh, written by. No, no, no um, sorry, Mama. I'm thinking the movie Mama. I apologize. Yeah, mother. Is that I got the one with the kids in the woods. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie yeah. Lannister's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yep. Except they uh, made mother, I don't want to spoil the new one, but I know the. Mother's ending. with David. Was it? David. What? Totally forgot his name. You, the guy, the, the actor that plays in uh, Pirate of the Caribbean. <laughs> No, it is. That's the in Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. I know that. I'm talking about the director because oh. the direct because the director of oh, Mother, yeah. the it's, writer director of Mother is dating Jennifer Lawrence. It's some weird direct. Oh, he really is. Yeah, it's some weird. And director. like the movie, yeah, like focus. Is crazy. You you say Mother? I think Mommy Dearest, like <laughs> that old ass movie. Like oh my god, Mommy Dearest. Oh dude, I think of a dog. Yeah, they have Harvey Edward Dem from Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Guy's fucking awesome. But I don't want to think about. So the, no country for old men. God damn it. Clearly, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro came after him for a reason. He's you know knows what the fuck he's doing. His sister is actually his producer for the, for the movie. It. Uh, so he's he's family oriented. He's working with his fucking sister on everything, even on the next movie. Everything. He's it's like it's part of it. Um. So. The fact that he got the script, rewrote it. He said that when they when it was an interview, he was asked, "Did you do anything different?" Like when he got, he's like, "Ah, well, I kept what he kind of got right with some of the characters. Like he kept that whole dynamic of the characters for them having a three dimensional thing." But I don't think that was carried because that motherfucker script was crazy. Even the the little uh, excerpts that I saw I was like, "What the fuck? This motherfucker's insane." I think the other I'll writers that were on it. My own helped the characters develop and Muschietti took that but he said he basically rewrote the clown into what it should be which is what you fear and I think they tried to do what the miniseries did was make the clown just a clown yeah. it's not necessarily a being that consistently mm. turns into something else it's just They're all, it's oh, people always, people love the clown that's what the people want people want the clown so it's yeah. the clown exactly so, which we'll get more of in number two right because number one it's more like the headless boy the 
chick from the painting, shit like that. Yeah. So, so I think I mean even that's another thing I was disappointed was Ben's fear was the headless boy, and I was like, that's yeah, that was just lame because yeah. you want it to be the fact like his dad. Think about the first one when his dad's like, "Hey how Ben, his, how about his dad's rotting now. corpse?" Like, <laughs> this is where I live now, son. Oh, you live down here? Yeah, son. We all I'll float, pull. and then yeah. you start seeing fucking oh every single being that Pennywise turns into in the fucking book. It has anything it turns into. It has the three fucking uh, puffballs. The three puffballs. That's From that represents. Yeah, that represents the dead lights or what? No, no, no. no, no the this. three puffballs oh, okay. and everything. It's right. on every single thing. It fucking turns into. pterodactyl. It turns into a giant pterodactyl bird. Weird bird that chases Mike through the uh, the Easter egg place that got blown up, which was yeah, Ben is reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's Ben reads a lot, but Mike is the one that tells the history. Mike is the one that uses uh, photography of old fucking Polaroids to tell the history. Yeah. And that's what they did. They did correct as well. So, Muschietti was able to blend the book, the old one, and the new one, and still give nods to true fans. Like, they, like, is this was this his fucking passion project? For him to know so much. I think, it was, I think it was. I definitely think it was. It wasn't. Um, he was assigned this just to do this. He he had a take. Uh, he's definitely. He he's like he was. He's an artist, and this was him saying. This is gonna be my big break. This is my big chance to show everyone what I'm capable of as a filmmaker. This is like, what like, like how Nolan had a take for fucking uh, Batman. And he's all, I'm gonna, I have a certain idea of what I want to do with Batman. And he made Batman Begins, and it was a huge runaway hit. Like after his big, after Memento was a huge thing, and they're all, yeah. oh, well, give us something else. How about this existing property? You got this so guy doing the same thing. Dogs, like here's like here's my here's my original dogs. thing, my cheap yeah. thing, Mama. You love that? Well, give me a now, well. Here, what would you do with an existing property? Oh, that? Well, let me show you. And it turned out like, I don't know. that's great. I fucking hope point. He does Pet Cemetery? It's, it's a, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's dude. the thing that uh, we should talk about. That uh, there it was announced that he's he said in an interview or something that he's really interested, interested in doing in doing it. Yeah, Pet because Cemetery. the fucking book is scared. The kid it the kid isn't quiet. So in the movie, he's like. Ah, just does that the kid is like you fucking cut your wife fuck like it's crazy yeah. the kid is the villain basically all I remember from Pet Cemetery is yeah you gotta go around down on the south now yeah, huh? that guy <laughs> I know what you're thinking <laughs> thinking you gotta go down the old no, Indian barrel yeah you're gonna you're gonna go down there and you're gonna bury him but sometimes what come out isn't what you put in there cause sometimes dead is better sometimes dead is better I know what you think it's not. A lot of history down that ride. <laughs> like, that guy makes the movie hilarious. Yeah. Like, the Pet Cemetery movie is one of the funniest movies you will ever <laughs> see in your fucking and life. And the ending is so fucking lame, and that's how it ends in, that's how it ends in the book. But it's, it's fucking way scarier, because yeah. you're reading it like it's fucking terrifying. Like, the Pet Cemetery 2 movie was better, and they got, like, better actors. They got, like, the guy... He's in Shawshank Redemption, and he also voiced Lex Luthor in the Justice League cartoon. I can't remember his fucking name, dude. He was the asshole security guard in Shawshank. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, I, yeah. the one that almost throws him off the roof. Yeah, he plays the stepdad, and you got the one kid from Terminator 2. as the And, like, I think, like, yeah, that movie is definitely better received. But, I mean, that first one is so funny. Yeah, it's it's John, great. The kid Jed. played John Connor? Yeah. Yeah. Jed. Jed's the, the yeah. neighbor uh, for that movie. But what's cool is people don't know this. Um, Stephen King used to put up his uh, the rights to his book for a dollar. Every fucking story he had when he was writing it as Richard Bachman, that's his alias before he wrote as Stephen mm-hmm. King, he put everything up for a dollar. And screenplays, for instance, or just whatever that he had written. Here's a dollar. I want you to take my project if you like it and create something out of it. And as a way to, smart, as a businessman, as a way to get his fucking name out there. He's already getting paid royalties from the fucking book, 
So why not give you away rights to make That's a movie? That's easy to do when you're the kind of guy who writes a new book every week. Yeah, and with, dude, he writes every day. Like, it's so <laughs> he dumb. forces it's, himself to write yeah, six ex- hours exactly, a day. Exactly, no matter what. Because he, he says in his book, the only way to become a writer is to write. And it's like, oh, fuck you, dude. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. You're fucking, <laughs> lot, fucking asshole. The only way to become an electrician is to electrocute. Oh, I said that? Oh, if you're in first to last? Doesn't even make any sense. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. The only way to write is write. Well, I mean, you can, you can not write. <laughs> you can learn how to write first. You write tomorrow. You write three years from now. <laughs> like, so you can wait till you have an actual good idea. You can wait till your cocaine binge is over. Yeah, exactly. that's a million other things you wait can do. You get hit by a van so you finish your uh, masterpiece. <laughs> Holy shit! So I mean, he. Well, shit, Bruce Lee did it too. Bro- yeah, after his back, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, started Brotology writing. That's how exactly, and that's how he became even world famous. Writing yeah. his his own martial arts. Is that what it, would he would it, it's called martial arts? Is that yeah, it is a martial yeah, arts. Yeah, okay. he pretty much combined everything that he liked. Yeah, he was like the original mixed one. martial yeah. artist because he said that like everyone has a specific style, but when you do a specific style, you have a very specific stance. You're specific yeah. doing everything. He's all like that. That you're just adding clay onto a sculpture. You don't do that. You chip away at a piece of block to, to make the tune. sculpture. So it, you should be like water. That whole water speech, like you should flow. Like you water. shouldn't yeah. like yeah. Stack. water into a cup. Flowing. It becomes the cup. Yeah, it's it seems flowing. weak, but yeah. it can penetrate. I thought you were gonna do the accent. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be hilarious. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be racist. <laughs> water can flow or it can crash. Be water. Be water, my friend. Like I said, so he would sell this thing for a dollar. Shawshank Redemption, number one on IMDb, greatest movie of all fucking time. Greatest movie of all time, arguably the most rewatchable movie of all time. Well, we can go on that. Now, that was sold for a dollar, and somebody else read the script. The director that directed it wrote, um, I believe he wrote and directed it, and someone was like, I will will buy this for fucking this many millions, and he bought it for a fucking dollar, and he said, no, I'm going to make this movie, and he made Shawshank Redemption, and that motherfucker made history with his own version he didn't give a fuck. Someone tried to buy it out for a million. Something he bought for a fucking dollar. He did right by Stephen King, and he was a huge fan. And that's fucking amazing. Money isn't worth everything. It's your passion project. You, it can cost a dollar. You can sell it for millions. But, but let's not pretend like he was broke before that happened. He's, Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> this guy, like, Clearly not broke. This guy had like the connections and the wealth to, to make, make a, a movie. Because movies are fucking. Expensive. He was in position to make a movie, so he wasn't hurt. You know, yeah, you exactly. wasn't her logger. I got it. <laughs> two warriors. Speaking yeah. of which, which I want to bring up how this movie is just set the record for highest grossing horror movie and what yes. it's going to do for horror movies in the future. I fucking no, I'm so because excited. Horror normally, movies, you look at horror movies as these project studios throw out to create money for bigger projects. Exactly, like, like horror like that, movies so. are historically yeah. like a kind of like the reason why so many westerns came out back in the day was mm-hmm. because they were super cheap, but they would gross a lot. So you a could make a money. horror movie. On just a few million dollars, and you could gross. You maybe you won't gross, you know, a billion out of it, but you will gross like enough. You put. Enough, oh, oh, yeah, I'm gonna spend ten million. I'll throw ten million on there. Yeah. Maybe another ten million in advertising. So twenty million dollars out of my pocket. It's gonna gross sixty. I tripled my investment. Like that's a solid thing to do. So a lot of mo- a lot of studios will just crank out kind of shitty horror movies mm-hmm. to make that buck. And hopefully now with this, like they get the good source material and get a good script and all this stuff. That There's so these much horror movies will fucking. Start being so material that are that's worth adapting yep. there's they don't have to always go to fucking uh, outer space or they don't have to fucking always go to these giant monsters over there in the city and you don't see it to the fucking end there's so much thriller aspect like smart characters smart villains that you can fucking use oh man there's so many how much was it made for 35 million 35 million dollars you guys it's grossed almost 500 million and it's been two weeks 
those movies rarely exist now. Like the thirty-five million dollar, like this is a event movie, but it's only thirty-five million that it took. To, like now, like every event movie is a comic book movie that costs like at least one fifty, like a hundred fifty million dollars to make. Yeah, and what what's funny is um, is it ninety? No, I think it was five million. Five million was is what um, split was. Uh, split, split. I think it was five million. No, no, no. Five million is how much it was cost. made for, or something like that. Yeah. It was made for super. Yeah, if you look at that, movie, it took place. It's a Quentin Tarantino film. It's t- it takes place in one, two scenes. It's there's a, there's fucking a, yeah. There's only there's a couple of quick yeah. locations. Yeah. Like the psychiatry office is a big location. Not really office. It was her home, but like oh yeah, there we go. That and quick the location, but the, the vast majority opens. of the movie takes place in this weird in underground room, bunker, yeah. which is it supposed to look cheap. So making a set for that is so easy. And they rely on the acting of fucking um, uh, Macro. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all about uh, how does this person react to this situation and that situation. And What's that's the comeback. Yeah. Uh, we get the comeback for fucking uh, what's his name. Let's not talk about him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, just, it just opens up so many doors, just like Deadpool yeah. did. Which I'm so exactly. What would you exactly. what, would, what would you want? Okay, so like if a next horror movie that could be made, any horror movie, uh, adaptation or whatever, remake, whatever, what would you want it to be? Honestly, I want more Hellraiser. Movies. I was fucking <laughs> Clive Barker to come I, back. Uh, so many of his no, stuff, like Midnight. Did I you want, ever see Midnight Meat Train? Of course, too? dude. I've read the fucking but short so story. So many of his Midnight Meat Train is way different. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like all monsters. Like it goes to this underground world. It's fucked. I just up. love his his shit. Yeah, his shit's so, so fucking weird and creative. And this this is dude. No, it's like everyone's afraid to dive into this weird state. Clive Barker did for modern horror what fucking H.P. Lovecraft did yeah. for horror in general. Have you actually ever sat down and watched all the Hellraisers? But I haven't watched all of them, that. no. I watched the first one they're because fucking, Clyde Barker directed good. the first one everyone he, else... He had a hand in all of them. No, he did he not. Did, yes, he did. You want to bet? We had this argument. He, he writ, uh, or wrote... Or he directed and wrote the first one because and, it's, and it's and similar. Look I didn't up know the he, filmography. He's, seriously? Yeah. Uh, boy, and he also does. He's a comic book writer. He's a fucking graphic novel. Fucking uh, he does which graphic so many- novel, by the way, is just the word they want to give to a comic book to make people believe. Oh no, this is kind of important. It's don't, so don't write yeah. it off. It, it is. It is a comic. It's, it's still a comic book. Amazing. The Dark Knight Returns is yeah. a comic book. It's just the best one. Ever. Exactly. Amazing <laughs> artistry. That's the thing people don't understand. It's like that's you go to a used bookstore and you go to look at a graphic novel. And storytelling. It's, and it's, yeah. it's usually a self-contained thing too. Well, it just makes it has, it, like, it has like an actual ending. Usually, a comic book is only Act Two, and a graphic novel typically. Actually has Act Three. It actually has the end. But yes, Clyde Barker wouldn't have a stand in horror if it wasn't for Stephen King. Stephen King said, "Clyde, I've seen the future of horror, and his name is Clyde Barker." And Clyde Barker said that during a fucking Stephen King like mm-hmm. Lifetime Achievement Award sort of thing for his responsibility for creating. He's movies. making his four thousand books. Yeah, but even know. that, just dude, Tales from the Crypt is coming back. So, oh, so many good dude, things. Yes, the horror, horror. The horror genre yeah. is actually coming back. People don't know this, but horror movies. Don't get Academy Awards. Dramas do. Nope. We all fucking know that. The yeah. only movies, the only horror movies that have gotten Academy Awards were The Exorcist and fucking Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But they were worthy of it. So Exorcist was the first of its kind to be like this fucked up religious horror. That's what I also fucking hate. I wanted to bring this up is that horror movies now rely on religion way more way much, than they yeah. used to. It's never this thing of an unknown because people know religion, the devil. No, it's always it's no, a bad it's guy. It's, it's just it's the God's devil. a good guy. But an unknown thing is way fucking freakier. And that is why Stephen King even said, why would I tell you the, the origins? Not knowing is more fearful yeah. than fucking knowing. Yeah. Which is why I'm mad that they're trying to make a Joker origin movie. 
they're oh, which they yeah, shouldn't do. That's the whole them. yeah. Don't, okay, that's something else. To different talk about conversation, yeah. different day, but uh. fun shit we fucking noticed. So this segment I wanted to talk about fun little fucking stupid things you guys noticed watching it the second time or just noticed in general little things people you know aren't gonna be really be paying attention to because a bunch of them I find. I fucking found I wrote them down. Well, there's a lot of like obvious foreshadowing in the movie. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's very obvious, especially when it comes to like uh, Mike with the fucking killing the sheep and everything. Yeah. Everything that his Brilliant granddad says to him, everything about yeah. learning about the gun, like you have to reload it every time you shoot it once, and all that stuff was brilliant foreshadowing. That was just, you know, that was, I thought mine kind of were like the, all the turtle references. Dude, like, yes, people didn't catch that. You go to the basement with Georgie's getting the wax. There's turtle wax right there. Yeah, the yep. I didn't notice the, that. The I, noticed the, I noticed the Lego, Lego. turtle. I yeah, when they're in the water. Turtle Lego. And there's like something stuck. They find the turtle. Ben says a turtle. there's a turtle, but yeah, nothing was turtle. shown. Remember, yeah, nothing, nothing was, was shown. shown. All it says is Ben dips down and the yep. next scene is them looking at Beverly. And like something touching it. I think it was a turtle. Yeah, that's a very subtle thing. That unless you probably read the book, and you know about the giant interdimensional yeah. turtle thing. <laughs> the weird. It, that's it's the, fun. We're having fun because I remember like because I didn't know about that watching the movie. I remember them like, look, it's a turtle, and I was like, this has to be foreshadowing, right? Like, I was like, what does this have to do with the story? Why, why is that? Why, would you why is a small this, pinpoint? I was yeah. like, why is this turtle important to the story? Why are they putting that in there? And is that going to come back? And it never did. And I thought that was a flaw. But turns out, no, they're doing a thing. <laughs> they're doing a bit, yeah. So, yeah, well, maybe every time that we think it's like, oh, that went nowhere, somebody else is like, that went somewhere. <laughs> that's interdimensional. That's what it is. Like, that's the cover-up for every shitty director now. Just some one every old guy sitting in a room. <laughs> oh, that? Don't mind that. <laughs> I know more than you do. But uh, the little things I noticed, I'm in his room. Like you said, you saw him pick up a turtle, but did you guys notice that there was a circus wallpaper? No. no, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's that's elephants playing on the wallpaper of George's room. Nice. Only in George's room. Huh. Nobody else. Great. Do you guys also notice that every single time the clown was around, if there was water, blood, anything, it all flowed up? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. It was, especially that's, if it was his blood, yeah. it floated it was up. fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Anything that he wrote. And like the anything, doors. Like, like Georgie, when like, it was like, yeah, very it was, scary. Was scary. Up, yeah. Totally not scary. And like, all like, when they got those three doors. Everything dripped up. Every yeah. single time the clown was around, it dripped up. And I thought that was absolutely. You mean it floated? It floated. It floated. <laughs> what I noticed, uh, what I noticed, I noticed this uh, uh, when we watched it for the first time, and then I was pointing it out second time is that uh, when they're at the crack house and Richie is like he after this is after he said he's afraid of clowns, he's locked in a room by himself, and like there's the all clowns. these oh, fake yeah. clowns everywhere. Did you see the one? Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. There is Adney's the one that pointed it there's out. A there's a small. There's, there's a small clown to the yeah. left. That is an exact rubber, it's, it's an exact remake of the Tim Curry yeah. version of it, and I thought that was just a cool ass nod, like, nod like to check fans, it out. No, dude, yeah. that was fucking that was fun. Brilliant. But I have a question though. What, where the beep beep Richie? Where does that originate? Oh, that's from? so. That's okay. the library. Scene. No, 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 no. Right, no, no we're no, in no. the book. Yeah, in the book. Yeah. So when they want Richie to shut the fuck up, they anytime they just Richie shut the fuck up. You're talking too much. Beep beep Richie. That's what they all use. Oh man, I wish they would have fucking set show that in the movie, dude. Because yeah. I like I didn't understand the beep beep thing. I no, remember that was a nod just to people. That was a nod to fans. That bugged yeah. me though because that was That's, such a big yeah. part of him scaring him. Like he jumps up and he does the. It's it's a big moment 
Like and he, for him, it like, was the first time he's seen watching, him. Really, no, yeah. like watching the movie, I was like, "That's supposed to mean something." Like you don't put that line in that context in this visual when does he unless say beep in... beep truly means something. Yeah. And yet you didn't set that up for me for someone like yeah. me. Does he say book. it to him first in the clown room? Because he's still talking in the clown room and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" At his coffin, right? When he yeah, the first time in the movie that you see yeah. hear him say "beep beep" is it's... like he sees the dummy of himself. He slams the so coffin closed. Yeah, yeah, it jumps up. out yeah. and then he lands back down on the coffin. And he goes, beep, beep, Richie. And, and what's like, his fear? Because he's still talking what's the his fear? entire time. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, he keep your mouth shut, basically, yeah. what it is. But what's his fear? He's and I didn't know that. To... And that's what makes yeah. me mad is that I didn't know. I agree with that. I didn't know ahead of time that beep, beep, Richie meant shut the fuck up, Richie. That's fucking great. Because that's a good point. That's something that he fucked up on. You ain't going to win them all. You know what I mean? <laughs> and also, another thing I noticed is that there's multiple uh, rapists in Derry. Yes. Not only the pharmacist. That, the, the pharmacist the was oh, yeah. creepy as yeah. fuck. That, he's touched kids. That's why his daughter's probably <laughs> fucked touched up. kids. Um, <laughs> also, Henry, uh, well, I'm one of the little things that people don't know. Um, Eddie gets his arm broken by Henry Bowers in the book. Um, also, Henry and Patrick, I believe, like they molest Beverly in this weird way. Well, the, the weird thing is, like in the book, she sees, uh, what's his name? The uh, Bowers' buddy. Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Given he's like given well, him a hand Hen- job, right? He gives Henry a hand job. She sees it. And he's like, she you calls like him it. out. And then he tries to blow yeah, it. Yeah, he was all you like you you, you like, like it. it. And then he fucking gets in a fight, punches Patrick. Yeah. And then Beverly sees it. And Henry's afraid of being thinking of being looked at as a weak person. So that shows weakness, homosexuality. So then from there, he's like Beverly calls him out on it and they fucking basically molest her. And people are driving yeah. by. You know the scene where we get with Ben looking in the car and the people just driving by? That yeah. basically happens with Beverly. People see her getting fucking molested, clearly by her dad, but you know, manifesting itself in many different ways, and they just look the other way. Which is another thing, like the opening scene when you fucking Georgie's looking in a storm drain and the old lady's just looking at, like, what the fuck? Why is a kid looking in a storm drain? Yeah, you know? like when you say something, she's your fucking whistle. Shows, What's yeah. going on? It's nineteen fifties, bitch. <laughs> and you know she looks I mean? over again. There's like a puddle of blood. She's like, huh? Yeah. huh? Red rain. Oh, I want to get uh, to uh, real quick. Notice I, red rain now? <laughs> I think, I think that Eddie's mom knows about Pennywise, oh, dude. Good point. You called this out, and I didn't think about this, and that's why she's a hypochondriac. She maybe survived as a kid, and she yeah. knows about the trauma that's gonna happen. So she's trying to scare she's a child. The, she's one of the parents that Pennywise didn't make forget, or maybe she, for some reason it doesn't affect her because it's Freddy Krueger scenario. It was Freddy Krueger scenario playing off like you. That what do you mean? What do you mean? Though they know about it, but they hide it. And I think that she's that's why she like. Because it's clear in the movie that Eddie doesn't have all these illnesses. I mean, he just takes gazebos. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, and, Dude, and, she's like, having, and, and he yells at her about it. And like, <laughs> she admits to it basically by saying, "I was just trying to protect you." And yeah. like this, this strange fear that's in her eyes and in her body language when he runs off to go finally fight Pennywise. It's like there's something about that that's off. There's something, it's not a clear. I'm just worried about you getting hurt in school. No, I'm worried about something bigger. I'm worried about something that an all-encompassing thing. It's bigger than it's. It's mysterious. Something about her performance, the way she does it, and the way it's set up. I really do think that Eddie's mom, if no one else's parents do, maybe Bill's. The way his dad acts, it's a little off. Not they, just not just for a parent who's grieving, but off even for that. Uh, but I definitely do think that Eddie's mom knows that there. Maybe she doesn't know exactly who Pennywise is or any of that, but she knows there's something 
deliberately. I agree with the, the Bill's dad thing too, because with him setting up the hamster tubes for the sewer thing, saying he would wash out. Here forget about like, it, Bill. Yeah, like and he's, he's like, so... forget about. It. Yeah, he's just like. Well, in in the like, book, what you want to know? Bill Eddie's, <laughs> Eddie's mom's situation. I remember specifically that they do touch on that. That Eddie's mom not. Uh, she's fearful. So look, if you rewatch it, also, which is fucking funny. When Eddie's talking to his mother, I, I said Bill, I'm sorry. If Eddie, when Eddie's talking to his mom, before she lets him outside, when she steps in front of him, it's at a Dutch angle. What does the Dutch angle tell you? Oh, it is. Which people don't know this. Dutch angles in the movie, do you know what Dutch angle is? Mm. Dutch angle is when the camera is tilted. You okay. notice in the movie the camera's tilted? Uh-huh. It was specifically that is, a, it, that's throw- an, that's a very old director's trick. Uh, they'd use that in like a million different movies. They'll do a Dutch angle just to make the audience feel uneasy represent that the main character in that scene feels uneasy my favorite example is in goodfellas in which henry when he goes after he's caught for ratting and the whole cocaine thing mm-hmm. he goes to meet jimmy Jordan, and like uh, he said he's like he's all he's all i showed up he's like i showed up 30 minutes early and jimmy was already there mm-hmm. i could tell he felt he, everything was weird because he's he seemed a little weird at the time he asked me to go do a hit with anthony he never asked me to do that before and that scene is at a Dutch angle, hmm. and it makes and like for some reason like you you, just, you feel really uneasy watching that scene. You're supposed to feel what Henry's feeling, but uh, that's what Dutch angles are. And throughout the movie, every time like Pennywise appears in front of the kids, the kid sees of sees something. It starts at a Dutch angle, and it's most noticeable when Stan when Stan walks into his dad's office. It's at a Dutch angle. He looks over at the painting of the woman being crooked and he fixes it and then the camera fixes itself but then it goes back to a Dutch angle. And I have this written down too that every time the boys are in fear no matter what even if the clown isn't there if it's a or the boy and the girl if there's a moment of fear in the fucking movie in this fucking movie notices a slight Dutch angle or a full Dutch angle like clearly tilted and then once they show like like strength in any way the camera evens out every single time whether the clown is there or not. It's to show that Fear or childhood trauma, whatever, represents that it is there whether it's not there at all. It's the mm-hmm. fact that any fear at all from these adults or just beings that are supposed to be your guiding factor, the kids fear, you know, that aspect of the life being controlled, you know, being in charge from these fucked up people, just anything yeah. like that. They always show, anytime they show weakness, the camera is tilted. And every time they show strength, it balances back out. Same way that like every time they show bravery, Pennywise kind of backs off a little bit. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. disconcerted. He's all, You're supposed to be a fucking afraid of me. Exactly. And that's fucking great done by the director. And what's funny is it was like, I didn't see this on any, in any fucking, uh, any interview by him, but I did see a YouTube video where the, the somebody said, it's a, it's a nod to the made for TV movie. And then when I looked at the scene, it's the scene in the uh, the photography scene when Mike's showing them, hey, these are my Polaroids from the early nineteen, you know, seventeen fifties or or not, you know, eighteen hundreds or whatever. When the fuck they created Polaroids? But uh, it's like you know, early eighteen hundreds. You know, Polaroids from twelve fifty. Remember that? Remember that? God damn it, Mike! <laughs> it's a fucking Polaroid. Um, so they're looking at it, and of course the photography comes alive, and that's the first time they all see it together as one yeah. in the original one. Uh, in the made-for-TV movie. Now, when they're looking in that scene, they're looking at the fucking uh, photo album. It's at a Dutch angle. And Pennywise comes up in a Dutch angle. Remember, the, the the street is a dirt street, and it looks like he's in the Wild West a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. And he, comes and he, up he runs up to the... runs up the pole, and then he comes back down, and he notices something, and he goes... <sighs> and then he runs up the pole, and then everything's in black and white, and then as soon as he comes up to them, everything turns to color, color and yeah. comes alive. And so that's... 
I think that one specific scene, just like in Goodfellas, one word or one sentence made him create the uh, kitchen scene. It's this one scene that was Dutch angled that made him feel like, hey, why don't we make every time the clown comes around, I'm gonna Dutch angle it. And like, it'll give you a sense of like ABC director. Give you give you a sense of a pattern. You know, something like oh, like like kind of. And that's the thing is like what a Dutch angle does. Like we've said is it makes you feel uneasy. I mean, you want. Every, every time the clown appears, the kids are, are 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 scared. Why wouldn't you want your audience to feel uneasy when the fucking protagonists are scared? So, yeah. so fucking just cool. solid filmmaking. Um, and this is, <laughs> these are the things I wanted to fucking read up. So um, it holds a record for the most views of trailers within twenty four oh, hours that, of release. It broke that record. Fucking uh, yeah. hard. One hundred and ninety seven million views within twenty four hours. Jeez. People, dude, I stayed up till four in the morning waiting for waiting. it, and I was like still waiting. I was <laughs> posting shit, and then I passed out, and I woke up, and I had like. Eight fucking uh, tags of just telling people like, you see the trailer? Boom! Here's the trailer, Stevie. Here's the trailer, dude. I was waiting. So I, was, I wanted to be the first one. We I kept yeah. refreshing I YouTube. Yeah. I kept refreshing YouTube, dude. Just like laying on Dax's couch. I'll come to that in a little bit. Like I'm not hungry. <laughs> I was, dude. I was fucking waiting. Oh, so this is one thing they they left out. So um, Bill. So the people aren't gonna understand this either. So you know when the they finally defeat the clown and the clown's like dropping about to drop and he's oh, like fucked up say, and, and he, he keeps fear. he's saying no he's well he says fear and he yes. drops but that's nothing he he's saying a mantra he's saying a mantra to himself we get it once in the movie he's the Bill is saying it as he's yeah. walking and he goes fuck when he can't say it yeah it's the only time we get it and then we get it in the end when the clown drops mm-hmm. down now. Bill also is afraid of stutter. He doesn't want yeah. to be looked at like he's fucking different. The the therapist told him that the moment that you can say this sentence in full is the moment that you stop stuttering. So he he just continues to try. And it's also a way if he does start stuttering, he can say that sentence as a way to control and hone in and like focus, focus, focus. Stop thinking about the certain thing. And the clown uses it at the fucking end. It's like it's almost like you're never gonna defeat me until you can say it. He was almost like giving a fuck you to Bill. Yeah. He said the sentence in full without stuttering. And Adney called this out too, which I thought was brilliant. That um, the moment that Bill did stand up and was like leading the pact, he didn't, he didn't stutter. stutter. And they say it in the movie, he didn't yeah, stutter he once. Didn't stutter. But in other scenes, like the end with the the thing, I think he stutters like maybe once at the end scene. He starts to stutter less throughout the movie, and which they did right by the the uh, made for TV movie, doesn't stutter at all. In the beginning, you see him as an adult, and then his wife asks, "Why are you stuttering?" He says, I, I, "I don't know. I, yeah, I did it as, when I was yeah. a kid. The last time I stuttered, I was a kid, and it's clearly the trauma being brought back into his life. It made him remember that he had this handicap. Yeah, and it's that, it's that, that, and because it's usually like something to do with nervousness and anxiety and fear that causes a stammer, and when that all those feelings came rushing back, he couldn't help but like that fear." put it back in him and after he hasn't felt since he was a kid exactly and what's what's great that Muschietti did the five out of seven kids were dealing with uh, family uh, the five out of the seven kids that uh, weren't in a traditional family were the most fucked up so anyone that dealt with losing parents losing uh, you know fucking single parent whatever they were the most fucked up the kids that had both parents they were the least like fear that you got from the fucking movie, mm-hmm. um, which is fucking really brilliant actually. So it kind of touches on uh, single parting, <laughs> um, and then Ben got for clearly the, Ben got scared. He wasn't he was flipping through the book, seeing shit, but the moment that he saw the head in the tree 
that's when he first got scared scared, because after you flip that page is when it started getting closer and closer and closer so he was normal and fine until that moment that he saw something that scared him which was the fucking because they show the body right and then he's zooming in and shows the head and 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 it's just moving in it's just moving in it's moving in because why would a book have multiple pages about the same fucking picture Mm -hmm. clearly every picture is different Uh, that was really fucking cool the thing that I fucking hated really bothered me they could have changed it completely. They could have did it perfectly. So when Ben went down, or when Bill went down, when he first saw the fucking clown chasing it, saw it going to the fucking sewer. This is where we got to chase it to. We got to chase it to the well. The well that's right there. Yeah. Now, you clearly see it's a well. The, the beast or the being can just go down there with nothing, right? Just crawl down. Now, Bill could have been like, oh, there's a fucking well there. We got to get down there. What do we do? We grab a rope. We buy a rope. Why the fuck did they show up to a house that's been broken down, fucked up, and like abandoned, and yet there's a brand new fucking rope that helps them get down? No one was carrying a rope. They fucked up that. They could have easily done it with one fucking simple uh, dialogue scene. Yeah, a dilapidated, Exposition. Yeah, a dilapidated See, house I, like that. Uh, wouldn't what maybe, I like too is like, did you notice there. throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. like when TVs are playing, when oh, the kids are around, it's the, the school kids yeah. and it's saying to go down into the sewers and yeah, shit. Yeah, constantly so saying it's constantly it. saying that. So maybe, I don't know, it that's how it the, lures. The, that's, and yeah. it became that's, super clear when Henry yeah. Bowers is goes into his house and he sees his dad's past Hey out. kids, go down to the hey sewers, kids, Henry. Yeah. Dude, I love kill that. I love that he could yeah. kill them all. Yeah. Henry, kill, kill them, them all. He controlled everything. Yeah. Like, oh man, it was so fun. Dude, that was brilliant. And the same thing happens with the knife. The clown gets him back his knife, but that's when he's in the loony bin. He gets him back the blade. And that's when he kills the uh, the guard. In see, the I'm interested in to see what happens. He not like he falls down the well. You don't know where he. Yeah. Goes. So this like, is this is what you don't know. I don't know if the clown's gonna take him over. So for people who who don't know, uh, Henry is their main one of the main antagonists in the second one, chapter two. So I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Henry's gonna come back. He's gonna fuck yeah. up all the kids. It's what they feared as a kid. Henry was the biggest fucking bully. Of course you're gonna do that. But when Mike pushed him down, I was like. Okay, what's going on? Are they gonna be surprised? Though, like Pennywise has him, is what I'm. Yeah, thinking. that's what and I he, think. Like, you Pennywise, Pennywise was able to grab grab him and like out of being, you know, being someone yeah. who doesn't exist uh, in time linearly or linear as he does cyclical. So he's like he's out of fucking time in another dimension. He might have grabbed fucking Henry Bowers, or when he got pushed down, it's like he protected him from dying fully. I don't know. He's in control of Henry in the second one. Pretty like. It's pretty clear. Like, he's basically manipulating him with his thoughts. It's all a fucking mind game, the entire yeah. the entire book or the entire fucking movie. So I wonder if they're just going to focus on the beast. And they're going to do – I know they're going to do an origin backstory, which in the book they all smoke themselves out. Like, they build this underground little thing, and they put a board above it, and they smoke themselves out to where <laughs> they get high on the fumes. And Mike and, I think, Stanley see the origins of it. But all they see is like a field and like this thing come down and the beast come out. That's all they really see. And then when they come back to, they're like, they tell the kids, this is what I saw. This is my hallucination. They basically take drugs. And what Muschietti is going to do with the second one is have like a heroin addict or some kind of addict to where it's like he saw the origins of it because he was like. Did you hear about the origin stories of Derry too? How he says he'll just take one and he'll let the others leave. Yeah, now now, in the movie, no, in the the movie, which I called it out the first time we saw it, I was like, whoa, why was that lady standing by the well with her baby painting? Like she was going to sacrifice it. And I didn't know about the sacrificial fucking shit, like Game of Thrones stuff. That's some sacrificial so crafts. That's so, how it starts her populating dairy or whatever. Like he can kill them all, or she can leave her daughter, right? 
and then the rest can leave. So then she does. She leaves her daughter, and then they go and have kids, and then dairy grows. And then the it thing. needs more food. And then it, so it needs trauma more food, is so more and more and more the as the population grows. Yeah. So you crazy. look at it like that as well. Oh man! But what I didn't crazy. like is like so I thought it was cool how like they go down there and he has like the old circus tent. Yeah, like and it showed it earlier. Yeah. and how all the shit from people he's killed is there. But I didn't like how they show them floating up, and then at the top it looks like a sewer grate. Like someone could just walk. Yeah, someone yeah. could just walk over there. like a and giant like, sewer. Okay, that's yeah. dumb. Maybe hey, like, there's a bunch of dead yeah. bodies swimming around. Exactly. So that that kind of made. That's me a sad. good like, fucking oh. point. I didn't think that. I was yeah. so excited just to see people it's floating. Like you get, someone could walk by and be like, "Oh, you know, that's strange." Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's pizza down there. <laughs> but yeah, I did, that's fucking crazy. I didn't think about that, but I did like the fact they showed in an earlier uh, illustration in the book the draw or not in the book. It was in Ben's room. The drawing of Pennywise, and it also showed oh, yeah. Pennywise's traveling circus. It was in a drawing or either a picture, and then it showed it all fucked up, and he was dancing in it, which is like sweet. He went underground, but I mean, it still foreshadowed that earlier yeah. by showing that. I thought it was really fucking cool. Pennywise was, was a well-known figure; like he was, he was a part of society back then, killing people. But yeah, that, <laughs> that fucking moment, like like you said, noticing that in the movie, I was like, well, why did the lady look like? Because it does. It shows that fucking painting, which is weird. Well painting. Remember that? Yeah. It's, and, it's very... And that's never been said in the book. Like, uh-huh. I don't remember it saying anything about sacrificial shit. So that's pretty sweet that... And then at the end, obviously, that was foreshadowed by him saying, I will take Bill and I'll leave you guys yeah. alone for and 27 like, years. And, you know, just let me take Bill. It's like, it needs to feed on one person. One person needs to be affected by this town and their childhood trauma mm-hmm. they, to where they kill themselves, to where something happens. Because that's how it survives. That's how the fear survives. That's how trauma survives. Because Yeah, you traumatize that, one person, that person will traumatize yeah. another. And, and then the death of that person could traumatize. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a, it's a fucking snowball effect. Which also throwback to Eddie's mom and stuff. Maybe yeah. she's yeah. one of the ones he let go. Yeah, and it's a, it's a snowball Which, effect. I, yeah. Dude, I, I wish I want them to really touch way more on Richie's life. That'd be really cool. Instead of just making him the fucking, you know, the comic relief. It's like, like can give him a good line something? here and there, but don't focus too much on his exactly. development. What they fucked up with the Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two was they, just, <laughs> they were just like consistently doing comedy. It's like, no, you didn't rely on them the yeah. first one, and I and they didn't rely on the the comedy in this one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was them being them. Clearly, he let them improv. So I hope with the new cast, he lets them improv, and they don't try like let's write this joke in there, bro. So Lara's. Like, we gotta get plenty of fucking uh, good fucking references and jokes, dude. It's gotta be the whole thing. <laughs> which is, which is funny. Like you said earlier about the comics having a crazy fucking like fucked up upbringing, like most Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, all that shit. I think it's gonna be cool. Hopefully, showing the darker side of Richie. Yeah. Maybe you know what I mean. In each character, like them having, I think them having Mike addicted to drugs is pretty fucked up. Being like the black guy dealing with small town life, it's like don't. Come on, don't do that trope of well, I thought the that black was drug too. addict. And like, I thought like when you were talking about that, how like they got high and saw the... That's kind of like when someone does DMT and they're kind of face-to-face with their demons. Yeah. Like when uh, There's a lot of stories of people who do DMT. They hallucinate, and the hallucinations are manifestations of their inner demons and problems. And it's kind of like, well, let's write that. Like... They're manif- like they're getting high off this psychedelic drug, and they're seeing the origins of Pennywise, the origins of their trauma represented. Oh, that's 
fucking good. Oh, it's genius. So right on that note, are you excited about fucking chapter two, dude? <laughs> and then did you watch after the end credits? And then what just the laugh. Yeah, and then just no. We walked out. I was like, "This isn't fucking Marvel, guys." <laughs> I know. And then I was like, "Let's just wait." And then we didn't. And it's like, um, oh, there was a laugh at the end. I was like, "I fucking told you, dude." <laughs> yeah, Marvel changed the game. <laughs> dude, we were waiting in the theater for it just to see what would happen, and I already knew there was gonna be two movies. And then when it's all it, chapter two, people were like, "What?" Like, yeah, I, yeah, I heard a lot of gasps too. That's like, a second weird. movie. I'm like, are, are you serious? Adney's all. Adney said this, and I thought the same thing. It was brilliant that he put chapter yeah. two because the fact that it's like, dude, if they would have said that at the end, it would have kind of cheapened it. Okay, they survived. There's gonna be something later yeah. on. The fact that they saved it to the end, I thought that, that was, was awesome. A yeah. super good fucking choice. I'm not sure if it was Muschietti's, but whoever the fuck chose that, brilliant. But yeah, Danny and Dave, thank you guys fucking so much, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Bonus episode, dude. Did I even say I, anything? Oh, man. <laughs> I, started, I heard a couple things. We're gonna cut your mic. No worries, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. Nah, it was fun. I'm so glad we fucking did this, man. This is one of the most exciting movies I've ever seen. I was like a fucking kid, dude. I was like shaking, like humped over my seat. (laughs) Addy kept laughing at my ass. I There's so much beautiful thing, like so much beautiful cinematography, and then of course, obviously the good book references and shit. Oh man, it was bright. But uh, you can find uh, us at um, the Alcoholic Cast on any social media. Um, just look us up. Just look up Alcoholic Cast. Put the uh, the little space in there between the I and the C. All right. Dash, oh, isn't it? It's a dash. Whatever. It's a thing. It separates the words from the words. Alcoholy dash cast. And uh, you can find me on any social media at uh, Stevie August Borghese. Adney. I'm at A D A N Y. I'm the only one that's gonna pop up. Only one in the world. But thank you guys so much, dude. Yep. Oh, man. I, I really think the uh, second story should not actually like touch on the whole like heroin thing. You know what I think they should touch on, Eddie? I really I think they should touch on Mike. Don't say Mike it. doing what, guys? All Co- on one thing? DMT. Cocaine. Oh, okay. <laughs> cocaine. Cocaine. Cocaine, uh, Danny. Cocaine. You didn't get no cocaine, cocaine. there, did you? Okay. Cocaine, okay. place. Kill you all. Every nightmare you ever had. I am your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of.